93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Tip for you this morning in particular, Kathy, do not go in the bathrooms today. Why? Do you oh. know the well, water? Well, I know there's no water. Why? There's no water. Are people still pooping and just, leaving it in just there? Just doing number one. But right. that smell, the, the men's bathroom? No, it, it's an Have unpleasant. Have in there? Uh, no, I refuse yeah. to. It's, it's terrible. Uh, yeah. it, it smells like a kitty litter box. It just reeks of, of, of urine. And I know you in particular, yep. I'd back off of the liquids. Okay. Until well, that's now right. my concept no of actually having a human litter box here doesn't seem so stupid, <laughs> does it? It's nasty. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I'd All right. okay, pass thank that you. tip along to you. Warning for me. All right, so our next guest appeared on both the U.S. and U.K. versions of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Both awesomely funny shows. Yes. I loved both versions of that. Please welcome Mr. Greg Proops to our show. Yes. Hello, Philadelphia. Good morning, Greg. How are I you? really never followed the broken bathroom a warning before. It's pretty <laughs> no, exciting, man. We I wanted appreciate to break, it. break new ground for you this yeah, morning. Yeah, thank you, man. Where are you originally from, by the way? Back off is the answer to that question, <laughs> Preston. Wow. Why don't you take five, bro, hey? Wow. Uh, I'm from San Francisco, man. I'm from San Francisco. Really? From San yeah. Francisco? Yeah. And then, but you ended up, as far as whose line is it anyway, uh, the UK version was first, uh, before, obviously, uh, Drew Carey hosted the show here. Yes, Did, before we, the dead weight, yes. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you lovingly refer to him as, the dead weight? Well, he's thin now, so it's yeah. formerly two and a half men. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you went over to the UK? To, uh, I did, to yeah. To do your comedy uh, we, we, uh, they, they came to San Francisco and auditioned, thank goodness, and then uh, I went over there. I lived there for about five years, and I was just there a couple weeks ago, in fact, working oh. again. And you've, uh, you've, with you've, all the Who's Line guys. You've worked a, a fair amount over there, and, and I was reading a bit about your, your uh, transition over to, uh, to England and working there. How long before you got down some of the local vernacular and i mean because there are things there's nuance involved to making people laugh over there that you're sure you have to become aware of how long before you picked up on it well i mean i did uh, i I did like four tours in a row there and about a million uh, edinburgh festivals so fairly quickly it's like trial by fire you 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 fail a couple times on stage and you learn very quickly that that it's windscreen and chemist well well, was there a point in time at which (laughs) (laughs) that you say boot instead of right 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 was there a point you can say bum a fag there and it means something entirely different Was there a point in time which uh, somebody did come to you and say, could you come over here, you by the way? That no, no, okay, no. I yeah. picked it up pretty quick. Okay. I, 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 you know, as soon as you're there, the one thing you can't pick up is the accent. You don't want to be Madonna. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you, yeah. you know, I lived there for five years, and you, all of a sudden you don't want to be talking like this, do you? Because oh, yeah, yeah. people are like, where are you from? <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic? Right. Uh, so, no, as my wife said to me, they want you to be American. That's why you're there. And right. that's what I have to sell when I'm there is that I'm not one of them. So I have some perspective on them. Sure. Uh, and I think that's what they like about it. We have a new show now. Now on ABC, it was on uh, Wednesday night. I, was, night? I caught a bit of it. Uh, yeah, Justice it, it, with Your Life. And that's a new improv show we're doing. And it's, it's it has some of the similar aspects plus a couple of new things. The show yeah. off the black guys on it. Wayne Brady, uh, the older fellow, uh, Colin, I think his name is. Yeah, he's Colin on Mark it. Rage. And I'm on it. And Jonathan Mangum, who's Wayne Brady's biatch, he's on it as well. And Fred Willard is the host. It was pretty fun. We had Serena Williams on the other night. Uh, fresh from her Wimbledon victory. We shot it in England last year. I have no idea why, but we did. But it shows in America. How is Wayne Brady? Do you like working with him? I do. He's a very gentle lover. And uh, he doesn't... uh, (laughs) Well, uh, he's, he's, he's quite a funny guy. Well, worst interview we've ever had, ever, in the history, in the 15-some-odd years of show. Oh, Wayne Brady? Yeah. Yeah. Was he here live, or was it on the phone? No, it was on the phone, phone and just not engaging, not interested. Not nice. Not nice. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. Man, and, I'm going to call him. And, and there are a few other uh, <laughs> friends of mine in the, in, in the radio industry who uh, concurred with that as well. So, so I, am I being blamed for the sins of the show off the <laughs> black not. guy? No, no, no. You no, came I in here, here, you were good. in my purity with my incandescence, ready to show nothing but love and beneficence, the laying on of hands, the curing of people, and I no, you're, get you're, tarred with the Wayne Brady brush. Hey, you've you told already me reached God-like status, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we want to say, we, no, we were just curious. having a bad morning. You know, sometimes yeah. if his Fruit Loops are stale or whatever, he'll just throw a hissy. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. For uh, for years of doing, I did some improv stuff for uh, with a troupe for a while, and and you really develop a strong. You're very good friends with Colin Mockery, correct? I he's okay, he's yeah, okay. But I mean, in an improv situation, I mean, if you like that kind of thing, everyone has your back or should have your back. It's a good, it's a very fraternal, very good thing, and you, I assume you develop very strong friendships because of that. Not the way I am with them. No, I, for me, I feel like <laughs> when you have the kind of sexual dynamism that I have, that yeah. really I've been carrying them up a hill for the. Last 10, oh, 15 really? years, uh, like a husky pulling a refrigerator <laughs> behind me. It's been first of all, Drew. You got to be kidding me! What right. an albatross! And then uh, the rest of these guys, as you can see, uh, they're showing it on the video right yeah. now. What I've got is unbelievable. And then the rest of them are like, "Okay, it's all right." Yeah. Um, no, I, I. Yeah, of course, we're all really good friends. The, the horrible part is, I work with all of them all the time. Uh, I, I'm in a group with Ryan. He's the tall one. Yes, yeah. yes. And uh, uh, and Jeff. Davis and Chip Eston, and um, uh, we have a group together. I just was in England, and I did a gig with all the Who's Line guys, uh, every variation thereof, the comedy store players in London and stuff. So I see them all, and I'm still buddies with Drew. I just did a show with him a couple weeks ago. So sadly, there's no scandal. We don't actually hate each other. If only we could get on heroin and fight more, <laughs> then I think we could have that reality show that we deserve. It's just right there. Because who lives in this apartment anyway? So right. where yeah, like, like I'm sleeping with Colin, and then I yell at him, and I, you know. I guess because of the launch in the new show, there was a post, I think it was on Huffington Post the other day, it was a top 10, uh, whose line is it anyway, um, Colin Mockery moments, and, and I, it just got me on Really? A, there's 10? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all pretty two, maybe three. Yeah. But those just, are offstage, bro. <laughs> it just got me on a YouTube kick of whose line is it, and I, uh -huh. I, I love the version. I had an, a bit of an observation about it. It seemed like you and Colin, Greg, were the steadiest. You guys didn't falter as much. You didn't crack up at the other guys making you laugh. Is, is that accurate, or am I just... Uh, I would have said that I laugh all the time. I can barely hold a character. I'm a terrible uh, performer in that regard. When we'll be in the middle of a sketch, and I'll just laugh. Uh, I, uh, more like on the old Carol Burnett show. But maybe we didn't. Uh, 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 you watched it more than I did. I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> You're I trying to get away from it, yeah. Uh, I think it's funny to laugh at the other people when they're being funny. That's the other thing is I find them wildly amusing. Uh, so, Well, you know, Lorne Michaels, as the legend goes, uh, SNL, it just absolutely hates when they break up during a skit. I happen to enjoy it. I, I do, do enjoy I that, old, that old Tim Conway, Harvey Corman dynamic. Me too. That's yeah. the, I, thought, I love that. And to me, if they're being funny, I mean, when I'm on stage with these guys, I just laugh. I don't care. I mean, who cares if you're a dentist in an improv sketch? <laughs> no one in the crowd's going like, my God, he broke territory. He's supposed to be a dentist. Right, yeah. Where's the professionalism? <laughs> For me, it's funny. And yeah. Lauren Michael, wow, whatever. If you could just put more hacky to characters together and make another crap movie out of it, you know, he'll probably die a happy man while the rest of us wallow in his misery. Greg, you know your, your YouTube highlight video is like 11 minutes long. That's pretty long. Is it really? Yeah, I yeah. didn't know I had a YouTube you highlight video. <laughs> Wow, that's exciting! But it, uh, eleven whole minutes of me in in the in the world of that's improv. A, that's a lifetime, really. Yeah, it is <laughs> dog years. The the in the improv world, and, and I think the audience as as a whole likes to see and know that it's being done 
on the spot. You know, that it's, I used to do a lot of pre-recorded bits, but I just kind of riff stuff now on air, and people seem to enjoy that more. Uh, but one thing I did notice, and I, I've seen a lot of times with improv acts, is that when they call out to the audience, the audience tends to call out the same stuff. You know, oh, yeah. yeah no, over over and over and over blender, again. Blender. Yeah, right. Proctologist. Yeah. Those are probably the two top ones in England. <laughs> Toilet brush. Yeah. Uh, so you, you you try to just, you know, look around those and go to the other ones. But I always take the first thing. Well, we were doing one a couple weeks ago in London, and we got a brothel. And everybody went, oh, no, no, no. And I went, yeah, we'll take brothel. I yeah. heard it. And we did it. And then I turned to everybody and went, why don't we do it funny? <laughs> right, and right. then they right. don't think it's hack. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, well, don't take that. It's a bad suggestion. I go, there's not a bad suggestion. Bad improv is what right. happens after those suggestions. You also do a lot of uh, voiceover work. Have done. Uh, I'm available for it. If anyone here in Philadelphia, um, Rolling Rock, it's delicious. See, yeah, it's um, <laughs> try it's no, got no. foam and it comes in a bottle. You're in. You're in. Um, and I assumed obviously you, you're in the Phantom Menace. You're the two-headed uh, race caller. I am. Really? Yeah, if, you're, if you're enormous and live with your parents or you're at Comic-Con this weekend in San Diego, then you will know this. Uh, if you have to be lifted by a crane upon the moment of your demise and buried in a piano case, you will know that I was in The Phantom Menace, uh, which is, of course, the most superb of all the Star Wars movies. Horrible, horrible accident destroyed a good deal of the plot. Uh, but I'm in the part where the Jedi crash land on a planet, and rather than use their Jedi power to fix their ship, they enlist a five-year-old in a death-defying gambling race against aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so, in any case, I'm in that part, and I, I get to go, uh, what is it? Uh, well, I don't care what universe you're from, that's got to hurt and all that stuff. So I'm the pod race announcer, yeah. I have and then I did it for the video game this year. And you did? Okay, and... Uh... I mean, but I assume Lucas, you were taking direction from Lucas. It had to be a little awe-inspiring to be... You mean George? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. George was there. We shot it in uh, Leavesden, in, outside of London. And what was that? I mean, you, I assume you're a genre fan to begin with at some level. I, I like sci-fi, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I don't live my life reading graphic novels or anything like that. Okay. But I, do, I, I like Star Wars okay. I like Star Trek better, because that's what I grew up with. Okay. But, uh, but um... Uh, it was it was a great fun to do Star Wars, and it's awesome to be part of it. I still get letters from Denmark every week of my life. You know what I mean? Why Once you're that? part of it, the people who love it are completists. Wow. Uh, and I have, there's one cat in L.A., uh, and he has a poster, and it has everyone's signature that's ever been it, including Alec Guinness. Oh, my God, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, Peter Cushing, you know, a lot of the passed away characters and stuff. You know, oh. it's the original one from the first movie. Yes. He had me sign that, too, and I was like, how did you do this? It's amazing. You know, and moreover, why did you do this? <laughs> But he's insane, and they they love it. So it, it was great fun to do. And, and, the again, and they just came out in three D again this year. So yeah. it's like my career keeps getting resurrected every few years. <laughs> no, but but you <laughs> every time the video game or the you were the voice of uh, Bob the Builder as well. For yeah, for the Project Build It series, uh, <laughs> and I'm doing the voice. People go do do uh, Bob the Builder, and sadly, I am doing Bob the Builder. I this is it would be like uh, well done, Preston. You recycled. If you have a two-year-old, I'm hot with the underforce. Bob in a long time. I have three kids, but I haven't watched Bob. Well, they only watch until they're about three or four. Then they drop Bob. Bob's early on. Oh, yeah. 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 It's funny because I recognize your voice right away from Star Wars and from uh, Bob the Builder. I have a five-year-old now, but when we watched Bob the Builder when he was younger, it was... uh, And then when we watched Phantom Menace, he was like, you know, he he put the connection together. So it's it's a very distinct voice. I'm awesome with the young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If they could only buy alcohol and come to comedy clubs... (laughs) 
problem with the young I find. They refuse to be 21. Uh, Horrible about them. Hey, I have a question about whose line and one of the suggestions that, that you guys give. Actually, the props that you would do. Uh-huh. And they give you a prop and you make up uh, various statements or a comedy moment about that. Did you guys, did they? Did you know what props were going to be used beforehand? Um, Drew would rehearse us wearing this leather teddy and he would whip <laughs> us steadily with this cat of nine tails that was soaked in brine. It was a very arduous God, process. I had no idea. Yeah, it was pretty hectic. Wow. Uh, no, we never, we never knew what we were going to say ever. We knew where we okay. were going to stand and we knew what games we were going to play okay. uh, because of camera blocking. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I was going to be in a game with Ryan or I knew I was going to be in a game with Wayne or whatever, the show-offy black guy. And uh, <laughs> then we'd have to come downstage and that was it. But everything that came out of our mouths, we made up. Okay. So there, we really did do it and the reason we can do it is because we did it a lot. There were <laughs> English things that I just didn't like... I, I, I'm like I don't even know what that is. Like a twiglet. Yeah, and, and you know they, they, you know, you know, shout out a theme, and they'd say something. I'm like, I don't even know what that right. is. Who's Torval and Dean, and right. why is everybody laughing at that? Right, right, right. 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 Torval and Dean were a skating team. Uh-huh. I did more John Major jokes when I was on the old <laughs> UK Who's line because I could do John Major. He was their former prime, prime minister. minister. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. See, I wouldn't have but known that. Like this, <laughs> <laughs> so the, you're, you're talking about the fact that they they enjoy getting your perspective uh, on them. What, what do Brits like most to be made fun of on? Well, I mean, I'm always telling them, you know, I don't know how you guys build a castle because you can mess up a cheese toasty. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, I, I think right now uh, the fact that they, you know, like th- if I was there this instant, I'd be talking about the fact that they've got like ground to air missiles on their apartment buildings for the Olympics. They do. I don't think I'm not sure what they think is going to happen during the Olympics. <laughs> but then remember, this is a country where last year they had riots and uh, the prime minister and the mayor of London said they rushed back to London when they came back like four days later. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what your definition of rushing is. <laughs> But if you're two hours away from London, it doesn't take four days to get back there. You don't have to take a donkey anymore. You right. can actually get on a plane and boom, be right back in London on the same day. When you're out, when you're out and about, are you recognized? I mean, a lot. Almost incessantly, I can yeah. barely get down the street there. I'm, all I do is high five and receive uh, baskets of fishes and chips. Really, <laughs> the queen. Really, I assume I really, you're a fucking hand like queen. I wear a white glove and I wave and I have a bonnet and I carry a bag. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes I'm rich and I'm on a boat. <laughs> That's wild. the thing about English with all those ceremonies and everything that Americans enjoy so much is what do I say? They, they, they do the pass so well because they kept the costumes. <laughs> they, yeah. When you see them, they're wearing sure. swords and giant Napoleon hats and whatever. And it's like, where did you get all those? And they've got them in a big warehouse somewhere. One of the things you did that I think is, is brilliant, by the way, and is reading up about it. And I remember you'd mentioned this in a couple of interviews is you've, you've claimed for a long time to have an ocelot, right? I do have an ocelot. Right, it's right. A lovely animal. <laughs> Just watching them frisk around the lawn in Los Angeles. But you, you picked the perfect animal because people aren't quite sure what it is. And OK, yeah, he probably does have an ocelot. It's great. I believe that I have an ocelot, and I want everyone to believe it. The hell's an ocelot? An ocelot is a small uh, a cat, a stripy yeah. cat. If you go on Google, uh, you can see they, they live in the... There's one. Yeah. They oh, live they in live the Southwest night. and the Mexico and oh, Central America. Yeah. They're yeah, little cats of prey. They're, it's really not a domesticated uh, pet. It's a scary looking. Kind yeah. of like nocturnal-ish, right? Uh, I think so, when they're up at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they're not they shine a light on yeah, them, they freak yeah. out, I know that. Right, right. But they're very cuddly. And, uh, <laughs> my ocelot, Justin, is just the sweetest little thing. <laughs> it's I Justin. think he's a lesbian. Oh, really? really? Yeah, my he's ocelot. He's a lesbian. Well, just like Justin. 
yeah. Uh, I saw this on, on the info sheet you gave me about your uh, The Smartest Man in the World uh, podcast, and there's a quote from Rolling Stone magazine. It says, here he is, though, in front of a live audience each week, bravely recording some of the boldest comedy on the podcasting frontier. Wow. Right How about that, huh? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I've got a lot of nice write-ups. Doing the podcast has been the most amazing thing I've done in my entire comedy uh, I'd like to laughingly refer to it as a career. Uh, I, I think it's because you connect immediately with people. They listen uh, like on the radio. It's very intimate. It's like a phone mm-hmm. conversation. So yeah. I think people really respond. To we that. jumped on the podcasting immediately. As soon as that technology became available, we we put this show up for podcasts, which was kind of like they, they were, uh, the, the radio higher-ups didn't quite understand. Why, why don't you we put were... up your best uh, you know, interview or 15 or 20 minutes of the show? Don't want to give them everything. Our mindset was give them everything. If, oh, if, absolutely. If, if, they wanna, if they're coming actively seeking your product, give it to them. Uh, this is the new paradigm, and I think old show business has a, a hard time dealing with it. They're like, well, how do you monetize it? And it's yeah. like, well, you have to understand that young people today don't care what time anything is on. Mm. They just want it when they want it. Right. I have people go to me with hold up their phone and go, if it's not here and I can't show it to my friends instantly, it doesn't exist. Right? Well, it, it, ser- it served <laughs> us that way because getting people to break out of their normal listening habits yeah. and, it, and try a show. But if you say to someone at 2 or 3 o'clock, hey, I, I just sent you a, an MP3 of the show, listen to it, they will. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it, it goes back and feeds the product. Can you yeah. go into different towns and stuff and, and fill an audience with people who are podcast fans? Not only can I, Steve, I attempt to almost every week of my life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> including tonight at the Helium. Very nice. I, I've made it a component of every single stand-up show that I do. I, I don't go anywhere now that I don't do the podcast because it's become that big of a thing. Right. Very cool. Uh, and, and like I say, it, it, it's really the personal connection. They know you're talking to them, and they know that it's honest and it's from the heart. Uh, there's no corporate – you can't smell a corporate meeting in a podcast. Does the audience participate in your podcast? Absolutely. I do okay. questions with the audience at oh, the cool. end. And I have people email me questions, too, because I'm the smartest man in the world. <laughs> it can be a juggernaut for, like, Mark Mehron, who's, uh, who's parlayed it. And Doug Benson, And you've, I know you've done those, those shows as well. It, it, yeah, it, it is a cool thing. Uh, um where, where do you normally, when you're doing the show, is it always from the road, or do you have a setup at home as well? I do one in Los Angeles at various clubs in L.A., but uh, I try to do it everywhere I go. Uh, I'm here this week. In two weeks, I'm in Vegas. Uh, week before last, I was in um, uh, uh, Dublin, Ireland. I did it in London the week before that, and then Washington, D.C. the week before that. So I try to go all over the world with it. Cool. I've been, I've been able to do it in Australia, New Zealand, uh, in the Caribbean. I did a cruise with Louis Black last year. We did it on a cruise ship off St. Martin. I wanted to ask you about fun. that. What, what is and that's catching on that stuff. That like uh, to me, the concept of the cru- a cruise with Louis Black seems like the the, the least likely person yeah. to find in the sun. Jews and Terry Cloth on the Lido deck. It was supposedly a hit. It went over well, right? It was great fun. Yeah. Uh, Louis is amazing, and uh, we, yeah, it was like f- a week on a boat in the Caribbean. Well, with a bunch of giant people, and uh, giant people. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. You know how people in America want to grow so big that they replace the bison that once roamed here. Uh, they're riding around in rascals with with giant, you know, soda pop things and everything. Yeah. But it, it was a dedicated comedy crowd. Like, not everybody on the cruise could come to the show. It was about five hundred people out of the however many thousand people on the boat. Right, ship. Boat, ship. If whatever. it's over sixty-five feet, it's a ship. Okay, it's a yeah. ship. Uh, uh, although not every ship that I've ever been on has a water slide and a giant video screen <laughs> right. and a bar on every corner. Right. Uh, in any case, so they would come every night. The same five hundred people, and and we did different shows every night. 
it. And they wanted me to headline one night. And I said, I don't want to headline. Let me do the podcast. And it was perfect for a shit because I just sit at a desk with a microphone and a glass of vodka and talk for an hour and then take questions. So at one of those where you have the concentrated audiences is part of this makeup on, on the ship. Can you relax like it's a, a little bit of a vacation for you or are you constantly having in the cabin have, oh yeah. no yeah it was fun anyway like yeah you have your own cabin and you have your own uh, uh balcony and right. whatnot so i could go out there uh and um smoke things and then i was you <laughs> sure. know and, and had fun on my own uh, as well my wife was with me uh yeah. which you know put a cramp in me hitting on two <laughs> right. but uh damn it it was it was fun uh the, the thing is though people always say how delicious food is on cruise ships and i didn't find that it's mm. voluminous it's not always delicious yeah there's a lot of it yeah. so i'm go to the the buffet one day right and i go <laughs> and there's a sign on the fish that says catch of the day now mind you we've been out five days in the atlantic right, right yeah. so i go and i I didn't see anyone fishing off the back like Tom Sawyer. Right. I go, what is the catch of the day? And the guy goes, catfish. And I'm like, those were recently caught, were they? Like, we're in the Caribbean. Right. My family's from Mississippi. That's where catfish come from. Right. I'm like, catch of the day? Right. How about thawed catfish? Right, right, right. right. That's exactly. Were you, were you witness to the phenomenon of the, the midnight feeding that cruise ships do? They'll do this late night snack thing? Yeah, I, I didn't. But I was drinking pretty steadily. At oh that my god! Point. But yeah, it's pretty wild. It's, it's like it's like the Morlocks hitting the siren, <laughs> right? And, and and the people just they just do it robotically. <laughs> it's just wild. It Thank you for making a Morlock reference. <laughs> if only the people on the ship looked like the Eloy and were blonde and attractive, right, yeah. and could be abused. They yeah, weren't. No. Uh, uh, yeah, there's midnight feedings. Uh, they booze you up as hard as possible and give you as much soda as human legs. True, uh, but then you can kind of taste that the bread's been frozen. That's what's weird. <laughs> Like, you'd eat toast in the morning, and it had kind of a hard quality, and you're like, toast doesn't feel like this at home. Wow. Yeah. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for coming by. I really appreciate you having me on and giving me this much time to uh, poison the people of Philadelphia. <laughs> no problem. Please don't Our hit pleasure. scan while you're driving around out there. And no. if you're on the Walt Whitman Bridge, kiss them for me. Yes. <laughs> well, we're big fans, so thanks for coming by. Greg Proops, everybody. Yeah. Cheers, you guys. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Fifty. Oh my God. Seventy-five for one hundred fifty for the ass, and three hundred for it all. Wow. And why is it so loud? It's, just, uh, it's it's in stereo, <laughs> and uh, usually we put them in mono, but it sounded breathtaking, Kathy. Hey, it's by like the way, you and, your sex list and surround sound. <laughs> well, I was in a big warehouse. <laughs> you move a lot of product. Yeah. I got a I got an email, a number of emails actually, a ton of them about how to dispose of pain. I was asking for that at the end of the last break, and uh, I got I want to thank Joey. He sent over all the details on how to get rid of it, and at, at the end he just puts PSKC is an idiot. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. So thank you. Appreciate that. But I didn't know, I didn't know if we were going to continue on with how do you get rid of stuff or not. Uh, but um, well, the, I am an idiot because I actually poured like um, baking grease uh, down your throat. No, no. the the drain. So why you yeah, sound like that? That'll clog up your drain. Yeah, I got in trouble for that. So I'm not going to do that anymore. By the wife? Uh-huh. Did she see you do it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You took away your G.I. Joe? <laughs> yeah. I, pu- I put it in a... My uh, lightsabers. I, pu- <laughs> I poured it in a coffee mug, 
and then let it cool off, and then I throw it in the trash. It's funny because after she said that and after I got in trouble, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember my dad doing that. Mm-hmm. That's right. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know. It just didn't occur Listen, to you. you know, these are the things you, you learn throughout disease. life. I have a skin disease. I have a skin disease. I blame society. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're not going to talk about uh, how to get rid of I do want to, I, I want to amass uh, is there things. Some... Well, at some point, okay. I think this I... is a keeper, and I think we'd be depriving our earlier audience more known for throwing out things. Right. <laughs> I mean, those 38 o'clockers. Yeah. Uh, these, a... The 9 o'clockers are into the more esoteric, bizarre stuff. Yeah. In the uh, in the interim, Steve, there's a uh, a link up on PrestonandSteve.com about how to get rid of hazardous waste and electronics, uh, including paint. Awesome. Uh, and it's for Montgomery County, but a lot of the rules apply um, all over Pennsylvania. I'm sure that there's a similar list. Like batteries. You're supposed batteries. to. I bring my batteries here because uh, they Rodney. Collect them they just leave them in the hallway. Yeah, I just literally <laughs> I throw them at people. No, engineering has a big bin of leftover batteries. Are you kidding? Yeah, dead oh, batteries. Yeah. Like regular, like. Triple A batteries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you're not supposed to throw this away because of the uh, acid inside. I just threw. Oh, a is whole... that what that is? Because I crack it open and drink it. No, I just threw a whole box away. No, yeah. you are, you you poison the planet. I throw them away. Wow, too. I didn't know that. I, I should. I need to. I need to get it straight. And I need to Oops. bring those in. Well, maybe like, we need oh, car should we Talk about this now. Yeah, uh, you want to talk about it now? Because we're yeah, into because it now. I just like, tossed out batteries last night too. Oh, you guys. Yeah. So you're not supposed to do that. I and that's why, like a like a regular car battery, you, you need to you that has to be disposed right. of professionally. I just leave it at, like the local elementary school. I'll leave it in the playground. <laughs> no. Steve. I just figured it's like it's it's a box for them to play with. Yeah. Oh. They love boxes. They like they they'll play dodgeball but with car batteries. <laughs> yeah. Just give them some mercury. Yeah. <laughs> Here, this is shiny. Hey, it'll make them stronger. This thing's like twenty five pounds, man. Yeah. yeah. Die hard. Hang on, let me go to uh Kat here. How do you get rid of stuff? Hey Kat, how you doing? Hi, how are you? Good, what's up? Um, I, I gotta tell you guys, because I had no idea until we had problems with our disposal. Um, our friend is a contractor, and he came over and to help us, and he told us, did you put some, not tomato, I'm sorry, potato peelings down there? And the problem is it coats the side of it, in, I guess, or something. Whatever happens, it totally eventually will totally screw up your disposal. I almost got fired on my first day at a job. Uh, because of what you I did. slept with the boss's wife. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought we were talking about. He never oh, found yeah. out about that. Yeah. But the potato peels were an issue, and I I was uh, peeling potatoes in the sink, and I and it didn't even have a garbage disposal. Man, I just shoved them down the. <laughs> so what's the issue? They, they... they didn't even have a garbage disposal. I was I was sixteen, man. I was an idiot, and I just. I knew at Oops. home, you know, I shoved them down into the magic drain where they all went away. Did you have a disposal at home? At home, yeah. yeah. But I guess apparently cats saying you shouldn't even put them down in the disposal. I always peel uh, potatoes over the trash can. Yeah, Wait I do a second. Too. What? A disposal? Is, why do, Why wouldn't that take care of potato peels? I have a feeling you know why? I know to the cat, it's, the, it's the starch. In the potatoes, if you ever, if you ever like, uh, if you take some potatoes and, and if you uh, like wash them and you take them back out of that water in like a bowl, right? You see all of the, it's it's all milky after that. It's because of the starch and the starch has consistency and it will over time uh, build, build up, up on the walls of the uh, the pipes. I didn't know oh. that, and so it's not a good idea. Uh, in a garbage disposal, do you put uh, do you do you clean it out? Do you put Drano down it periodically? You, know what you can do is they have these they have these little balls. Uh, that you that are for cleaning it out, oh, really? and you can drop them down in there, and you run it, and hmm. you're well, done. Steve, the garbage disposal is not for everything for your plate. You're supposed to empty that into the trash can, and then the then excess that goes into the disposal is what you use that for. I always assumed it was for produce. 
things of that nature. No, I know, and a lot, and people will. Yeah. I, I, I can't oh, because my five my husband pounds of leftover spaghetti. Yeah, down my there, husband yeah. will do the same thing, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> we don't do that here. You may have done that in your previous homes, not in this one. Yeah, do you ever so do what, uh, lemon peels in the garbage disposal? You know what? Why to make it, it like nice. smell nice, nice and nice, stuff yeah. like that? Um, I uh, well, my husband did. Suck However, it. he threw an entire half of a lemon down there, and we oh, that entire half. Well, it didn't do anything. It stuck down there and practically broke the garbage disposal. Well, I'm really now underwhelmed about the power of a garbage disposal, which I thought was the ultimate vulcanizer in the kitchen. Right. And that that, that was the, you know, like a, like a, a science fiction device that would get magically well, get you, rid of all your refuse. You know, we had a like a restaurant grade garbage disposal in our old house, so anything could go down there. But now, just like the normal ones, I don't think they're strong enough to you know where you can just dump. Could you basically you? dump everything that you would put in the trash can in there? Is there something akin to like a kitchen wood chipper? Uh, <laughs> well, when when I worked in a in a restaurant, yeah, uh, I mean like a pro, a pro end, yeah, the, grinder. The, the disposal, Steve, was probably about the size. In fact, we would put a uh, to, instead we'd have to put a cover over to. We'd take a pizza pan and put it over that, so it was at least a twelve inch hole. Oh man! And you could actually see the working disposal down in there. And I mean, it was death if you if you fell in oh, there. Oh, I obviously. would buy a DVD of that. But they're a monster. But uh, while while speaking of this stuff, you know what we need? We need to speak to. A person who is on a work trip calling from Russia right oh, now. Ah, yes. without a doubt. Yes. Let me do that real quick because I don't want Ben on hold for too long. Ben, how you doing, man? Good. How are you, Preston? Good. You're in Russia right now? Yes, I am. Where? Ulyanov. Not not familiar. Bulyanov. Bulyanov. All right. Ulyanov. It's, it's a city uh, right on the Volga River, about 900 kilometers east of Moscow. Okay, uh, nine, uh, 900 kilometers east of Moscow. Wow, well, very cool. And did you want to call in to talk about the topics that we're discussing, or you just wanted to say hi well, from Russia? I, too, have had experiences of clogging my garbage disposal, but that's not really why I called. I just wanted to check in since I was here. No, I, I usually... I usually podcast, and I was a little behind on my podcast, and so I was listening to one from maybe, I don't know, a week and a half ago, and, and I heard somebody call from Moscow. I'm like, I really ought to call in from Ulyanis and, and let you guys know that I'm podcasting and sometimes listening live. That's Thank awesome. Are, are you now, are, is this is a business trip? Do you currently reside there? What's the story? Uh, I, uh, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, and then um, I moved to Cincinnati for a job, so I work for a company in Cincinnati right now. And we're installing a machine tool here at a uh, big aerospace company called Aviastar. Let me ask you, and I, I'm fascinated with this because uh, I've, I've heard that it, it's it's sort of one of the things to do when you're there. Do people go toward Chernobyl? Do people what? Go toward Chernobyl? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's really far away. That's in the Ukraine, probably like the same distance the other on the other side of Moscow. That, that's not something I really asked about. I try not to ask too many questions about uh, touchy <laughs> subjects. Like, yeah, you're, you're, you're a real Russian now. Yeah. You, you, you've learned to not ask questions. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually took notice that right across the street from this uh, facility where we're working, there's um, some bomb shelters under the ground that we saw all these vents sticking out of the ground. And something that's pretty fascinating. But, you know, given the nature of the subject, I, I didn't really ask anybody, like, yeah. hey, is that a bomb shelter? <laughs> Just, just stay in your room and listen to us. All right. Well, listen, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ben, we appreciate it, man. I just wanted to go to you real quick and say uh, thanks for listening, you know, all the way That's around cool. the world. That's awesome, brother. All right. Great. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Take care. We'll see you. Preston. 
forgot to tell him about the skin diseases. Oh, oh damn it. We oh. have skin diseases. He knows. He knows. He's listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Um, so Back to the garbage disposal? Yeah. Well, no, I had a different disposal question. Can yes. I ask that? Or are we yes. still doing garbage? How do you dispose you, of a disposal? How do you get rid, how do you get rid, how do you get rid of stuff? Yeah. Oh, dude, my head hurts now. <laughs> um, Don't do that to me. I have a skin disease. <laughs> old TVs, old... Uh, can you take them? I've heard you can take them to some Best Buys. You can take them to, like, the Sony store. Put them like, right back on the shelf. Dude, I... <laughs> no, I had... Do you I, know that we're selling a RCA... Black and white TV. Because I, I have TVs that we never plug in anymore yeah, yeah. that yeah. Are, are useless at this point, and uh, I don't know what to do with them. Well, I just, I had one that crapped out after several years. It was a flat screen TV, a fairly inexpensive one. I just left it at the curb. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And they took it. Absolutely. Curb alert, man. No, it, it didn't work. I mean, it was just. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to just get rid of stuff, just put on Craigslist. They'll come take your crap like that? They, they will take, yes, You pop will. on Cra- Craigslist and say, I have a, a you non-working know my, TV. Within 20 minutes, man. Yeah, my, uh, my dad is, and, and mom are moving. They're in a house that does not have central air conditioning, and my dad has all these room air conditioners. He put up three room air conditioners on Craigslist the next day that they, they were purchased. Just, I just put the car, because I, I, I now, we, I've got this, um, oh, that's a hell of a TV up on the screen. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I have now the three wall unit, uh, the three uh, window units I'm right. getting rid of, because now I have the, uh, um, this, the, the multi-split system. Right. Um, so you, just, will do you it. just log on and just say, give the address and they'll come pick them up? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Well, why would anybody take a broken television but It's not case? broken. It's just old. Oh, oh okay. and, and you're See, giving it away? Work. Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not worth it. And it's one of those, um, it's not a flat screen. It's, uh, you know, it still has the antenna, the analog table, all that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's it's pointless to get The image to of Uncle Milty burned into it? Right. But, I mean, you could plug a DVD player into it or, or even plug a cable into it and it would get a uh, reception. Wait, so I'm sorry. I missed it. Are they, are they giving them away or are they selling them? Um, what? Well, Casey recommended selling them or giving them away. On, giving on, them away. Curler is giveaway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, hang on. I'm going to go to uh, <laughs> Jamie has a tip on getting rid of bacon grease, Casey. How do you get rid of stuff? Hi, Jamie. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. First of all, let me just say you guys rock. Thank hey, you. Thank hey. you. Much appreciated. And uh, Casey, you're a big steaming pile of poo. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. That's cool. He just had to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm appreciating that. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I I cook bacon every weekend for the kids. And yeah. uh, what know, a dad I, you I, are! Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, it's the only thing I do for him. But uh, you know, um, what I do is I actually just put the pan after I'm done doing the, the pound of bacon. I add the grease left over. I put it in the freezer and let it coagulate. And oh, then... grease pops! My mom used to make those. <laughs> ew! 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 Yeah, and then uh, just uh, dispose of it in the trash. Now, the paint cans, I I uh, had a problem where I live, so I got frustrated and put trash in the bottom of my kitchen trash can, put a paint can in the middle, and put more trash on top, and slowly got rid of my uh, yeah. paint cans. And, That's how uh, the mafia disposes of bodies, yeah. by the way. I'm not doing that. Yeah, because if, if they do find you I think that that's a finable Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, it is. I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. yeah it so, is. But he, he, he's saying just hide it. You're, you're getting rid of, uh, not hazardous waste, but yeah. a, uh, a waste that needs to Colorful be. Colorful waste. Colorfully <laughs> hazardous waste. I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody sent an email says that you can actually take it back to Lowe's or Home Depot and they will I take it called the local paint store uh, in my, where I got the paint from. They said, no, you have to. What are you th- stupid? They don't take it back. So. No givebacks. They told me about the whole cat. What if you were to thing? take your paint over to Best Buy and take your old TVs over to the paint store? Maybe they might make a deal for us. I don't you really know. You know we're selling paint? Uh, let me go to Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Hey, Thank you, Mike. What's going on, dude? Not much. Um, I actually, Kathy had mentioned the whole garbage disposal and lemon thing. Yeah. I had the same problem. My girlfriend and I, we constantly put 
lemon peels, you know, half a lemon, whatever the case might be, in the garbage disposal, obviously it makes it smell better. And that uh, we thought it might also clean it a little bit, you know, the acid in it may sure. affect or whatever. <laughs> anyway, the other day, my girlfriend put half a, a lime in there. She turned it on, started to run. Next thing you know, we hear a loud bang, and our whole kitchen counter starts shaking violently. Wow. So we both jump over to the, the switch. I look down in there. It literally snapped off half of the uh, the blade, the turntable blade that, you know, shreds all the food up. Wow. Yeah. Just totally popped right off. There, there would be, to me, Had that, is, that is an absolute waste of money. If your, if your garbage disposal it's blows apart, can. blows well, apart because it's it can't dice up a half a line. Nah, well, Mike, a, Mike, that that, that had to have been an old unit, right? It was, yeah, it's a little bit older. I mean, yeah. it's probably it's about almost ten years old. What you need is what the Flintstones had, which was the uh, dinosaur the thing underneath that shrugs its shoulders when you look at it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a living. That's right. <laughs> hey, can you can you reuse? Uh, I know this is probably another dumb we question. We are having <laughs> an extended stupid conversation. Yeah. You don't have to apologize. Right, okay. This is where you can just let it go. Yeah. You're right. embarrassed to ask about it. Go ahead. Well, yeah. because I don't know. We don't eat bacon. I don't even purchase it. Do you reuse that bacon grease for anything else? Sure. Yeah, okay. you can. We used to because dessert I, topping. I, I lived in Champagne. the south for a long time. We'd use it as a uh, 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 to cook with as a base. In fact, a lot of great. <laughs> dishes at fine restaurants to get uh, a, a good flavor. We'll use like rendered duck fat and uh-huh. bacon grease and things like that to cook as a base. Okay. Can you use flavor. it as shaving gel? You could use it yeah. as shaving gel. <laughs> uh, you could, I mean, you put a little... Uh, Are you one of those guys who does that? You save the baking and, and then other... other I used to. Uh, like... Um, uh, like steak uh, uh, drippings and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can uh, uh, you can take. Uh, uh, yeah, you can make gravies and, and things out okay. of them. Yeah, so absolutely. My mother. I, I told you when my mother died, we were cleaning out everything. Yeah. Uh, in our in the freezer portion of our refrigerator was about thirty five Carvel tubs full of frozen <laughs> gravy. Yeah, I remember that. My mother apparently saw a a vast. Gravy apocalypse in our future, <laughs> right? Where it would soon become currency, yeah. and, and uh, you know, it'd be like Kevin Costner in The Postman. My friend's uh, mom has a basically it's a bomb shelter in the back of a, a closet that is just filled with homemade spaghetti sauce, or as they call gravy. Uh, I mean, it's just is it good? With, oh man, it's bring so it in. Wait, we'll in put it on it, Nick's mother's meatballs in the back of her freezer. <laughs> no, no, it's it's uh, they're all in mason jars. Um, oh, it's canned. Okay, yeah. they're in socks. So she did it the right way. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and um, uh, how, how many years have they sat there? You know what? I don't know. I should text him and find out. <laughs> I have no idea. Ask Mr. Roberts. Maybe yeah. I can have you over but for this, a mess. That's <laughs> quite an interesting question. <laughs> seems to be uh, seems to be confusing you and making you tense. Why don't you take your shirt off, come into the house, and I'll give you a massage. <laughs> then we'll talk about ways to dispose of garbage disposal. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Roberts. <laughs> Um, would you ever use bacon grease on pet food? My, my, that's what my mom would do. She would what? like on the draw, dry dog food that we would serve uh, to to our dog when we were growing up. It, she would take the old bacon grease, let it cool, obviously, and then pour it on. Especially if he needed to take any medication, because he would just um, chew that stuff up. I'm, I'm for me. Oh. I, I think you don't do that now. You just it's, it's why not? It's, it, it, was a, it was a popular convention years ago, but uh, it's just bacon grease. I mean, there's yeah. nothing unnatural about it. I don't know. It. I don't know. You know, they, now you have to be as cholesterol. Yeah, you know, you don't want your dog complaining of high blood pressure. Uh, <laughs> let me go to Matt about the car batteries. Hey, Matt, how you doing? Great. I'm sorry to bother you at work. No, it's, no, cool. it's all right. This is barely work. So, yeah, what's going on, Matt? 
Um, I work at a uh, I work in the service department at a dealership, and uh, interstate services a lot of our batteries. And actually, most uh, manufacturers do this now. They actually uh, give you they actually charge you extra for the battery, like eight to fifteen dollars. Called core charge. They because they actually want the old batteries back because they recycle the lead. Um, I'm not quite following. You're saying that if you if you um, you can return the battery and they use the battery casing or the, the lead in the battery. Yeah, they reuse the lead in the battery. Okay, and, and is this any place would do this? Well, like any, typically, like if you buy a battery for me, yeah, you know, I get the old battery back. I'll give you like fifteen dollars. Are you talking like yeah. like like a Pet Boys or like yeah. yeah, like that? Well, I, I work at a dealership. I, I, I imagine like the, the the regular aftermarket stores do that too. Okay, yeah, Walmart and stuff like that do it as well. In fact, you you can buy at the, when you purchase it, you can buy a little thing that will allow you to return it there. I, and actually, I think Sears does that as well. Actually, yeah, I think yeah, yeah with, with the diehards. Yeah, right. Well, actually, like if you buy a battery for me, like I do Ford and Toyota right now, and both of them, if you buy a battery for me, yeah. I actually charge you fifteen dollars extra. Right, and then you bring the battery back. I give you the fifteen dollars back. Yep, it's kind of like a deposit. Yep. All right, thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Hang on, Sarah. I, we got to wrap this up, but I got to go to Sarah because I don't remember ever mentioning this. Hey, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Sarah? Well, I just wanted to have to let you guys know I used to listen to you on Y100 in the morning when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. And I loved you then. And then I moved to Maryland in college and recently moved back to Pennsylvania. And by far, one of the best things about being back in Pennsylvania is getting to listen to you guys. Oh, today. thank you so much. Nice. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, I appreciate that. We all have skin yeah. diseases. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I'm an interior designer, and I deal a lot with material safety data sheets for products. And even when you're dealing with just your basic uh, interior latex paint, if you go to any manufacturer website like Sarah or Bell, Bell from Lowe's or Sherwin-Williams, you are not supposed to let it get in your groundwater because, like I said, even the most basic kinds have carcinogens. They kill fish. That's why a lot of townships will tell you to just leave the lid off the paint and let it dry. And that way it does not get in your water system. I've, I've heard of that where you, yeah, you, you let it just dry out naturally becomes like a, like a, like a little piece of rock. You know, as, yeah, as it dries. I have like fifty cans that are like half. What the hell were you from, painting? It was from when the house was built. The oh, mansion, oh, right? Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. No, and all the touch-up work we've done over the years. But I'm gonna the mausoleum and the indoor racetrack. Of course. Wait, yeah. Sarah, is, is yeah, Sarah still there? there? Yeah. Sarah, you said you're an interior an interior designer. Do you do custom curtains? <laughs> custom, custom curtains for people with skin diseases. I do, um, I do, I do commercial and contract work. Oh, uh, okay. Mm, never mind. She has no need for you. Yes, thank Sorry. you. Thank, okay, thank you for listening to us. What Sarah? about washing your paintbrushes off? You shouldn't do that in the sink. No, you right? licked them all. Yeah. Uh, so what? You you need curtains? Yeah, I was looking for somebody to do custom curtains. Okay. Hey, this is uh, your segment. Go ahead. That's right. Get your curtains. When we come back, we'll try to find a custom curtain (laughs) manufacturer since this is basically uh, a rudderless ship. All right. At this point. I'm going to add one more. Well, we got a break, but what's up? Well, I got, when we had our kitchen renovated, we have all these old cherry cabinets, and we put them in the basement because we figured maybe we'd eventually do the uh, do the basement, yep. mm-hmm. but we just kept the cabinets, and they're sitting down there Craigslist. collecting dust. Should it, should I Craigslist that? Yeah. yeah. Do right. curb alert or firewood. Okay. Well, yeah, no, but they're they're good cabinets, and I, I just want to get rid It'll of them. It'll make a good fire. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Done deal. Thanks. What's new? Glad you asked. Greta Van Fleet. Mark Morton with Chester Bennington. Glorious Sun. 
New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. We are excited to welcome <laughs> our next guest in the studio. He's uh, part of one of America's great rock bands of all time. That's for sure. Very, very successful. Is going on another <laughs> solo embarkment. And, in fact, tickets for his show at the Electric Factory go on sale in about... Ten minutes. That's right, right now. today, ladies How and gentlemen. Everybody? Let's welcome him, Mr. Richie Sambor. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning, good morning, Philadelphia. How you doing, Richie? I'm doing fantastic. Man. Excellent. Good to see you, bro. Great to be here. Man. All right, let's get right to this. Now we've been saying all morning you were going to play live here today, but what's going oh on? You can't do God. it. I'm right. I'll play later. Are you <laughs> sure? <laughs> no, no, not like. Uh, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll get it together. You were trying to. It's a, a vocal issue. Early in the morning, I know singers have a really well. Hard listen, time. man. If I if I crack, I crack. What are you going to do? Wow. It's true. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's kind of reality TV right here in the studio. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Hey, well, listen, I'm Kathy. I'm glad I don't have your job. We're 55 to the 283. There's a bottle up in the 381. You make a left on the 495. That's all right. I can man. sing if you can do that. Right. Well, Richie's uh, Richie's new album is uh, Aftermath on the Lowdown, and uh, this is uh, is this your second run at a uh, actually a my third. third. Yeah. Okay. It's my third. I haven't had a um, solo tour in about 12 years. Wow. And uh, this record just actually came out amazing, man. It's uh, you know you make a record and sometimes they either meet your expectations or some exceed your expectations or some fall below your expectations this one exceeded my expectations you know what it, it seems it seems to be with the with the albums and and um going back and reading through i mean it, i guess it happens a lot in bands and we talk about you know artists that go on in solo uh ventures preston and, and that it they, they want to address something that they don't get to address with the band you know so they want to try a different direction was that the case with this? Oh, Did, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, when you're doing a solo album, obviously, um, you get to be the mouthpiece. Yeah. You know, I'm in this great big band that I work in, and I, I have to basically write for John to sing. I mean, there is a quite a commonality because we're only three years apart and we've grown up in five <laughs> miles away from each other right, in New yeah. Jersey. So there's a lot of common ground that we share. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at this particular record, I wanted to make an authentic record. Uh, I didn't hear a lot of jamming going on. I left all the guitar playing and all the jamming. I had a great band on this album. So it, it became quite an interesting record. The reviews have been phenomenal. Well, we've been listening uh, this morning. We were we were listening to Every Road Leads Home to You. Mm -hmm. And at first listen, it really has a more orchestral, big, melodic sound. And, and I, I don't know if artists cringe. Why, thank you. Uh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> now, I don't know if artists cringe when you make comparisons to other musicians or other bands, but uh, we were kind of like, that kind of has like a Coldplay feel to it almost. Well, thank you. Yeah. I know, you know, I mean, basically what happens is, especially when you're doing a solo album, you kind of pick up uh, as much stylistic diversity, I think, that you, as you can. You know, on this particular record, man, I covered a myriad of styles. Lyrically, I, care, I covered a myriad of subjects, but it all holds together as a record. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, when I grew up, I listened, I grew up listening to albums. Sure, yeah, so yeah. Th this record kind of has a journey within the record. You, I think that that's important. You don't see that a lot these days. It's because nah, of the it, iTunes generation. You can jump in and pick and select. It's a singles-driven generation, absolutely. I wonder, Richie, if, if with you, if you went in, because, you know, it's you know it's to the Fault reaction a lot of times. Hey, they're doing a solo thing. Oh, really? You, you know what I'm saying? When you hear another artist is doing a solo project, do you um, are you intrigued or do you do the same? Because it's I, a knee jerk reaction, I think, from a lot of people. Absolutely, because they I, they kind of want to put you in the same box. Yeah, you know. But I think that it, you know, honestly, 
uh, also with me, and I've been a lead singer in every band I was in before Bon Jovi. Right. And uh, so people, I think, have a perception of me as just a guitar player. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, this record's going to change some people's perception. I think I can peg the moment, though, that I that I think most of America realize, hey, this Richie Sambora is more than just a great guitar player. And it's when you and John, and it might have been on MTV, uh, you did an That's acoustic right. version of Wanted Dead or Alive. Yeah. And you did, the, you know, the backup part, which has a little solo moment there where you really wail. And, and that also kind of opened up the door for a lot of acoustic performances. MTV Unplugged didn't exist yeah. until you guys we did started, that. We started yeah. Unplugged. I remember reading in Billboard magazine, but that was a funny experience because uh, we were playing this, you know, the MTV awards show. Right. And at the time, you know, it's like, you know, Whitney Houston and Madonna and Prince and this and that and the other thing and John and I. And uh, you walk in there and technically it is a cluster F, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're going to move all the mics. That's a technical term. Yeah, yeah. Technical term. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you got these union guys in there and, and you know, they don't really care. They're just smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and they're moving the board. They're not mixing properly you know right. and all that other stuff so I, I said to john i said you know if we just played acoustically we would cut down the variables you got yep. two acoustics and two mics and it would also show the men between the boys yeah because you know they were putting us into this uh, the hair band thing yeah. which we're absolutely not you know we're just like so doing that it really changed people's perception on that also and then uh unplugged went on to say that uh you know yeah, due to these guys, we're, we're going to start this series unplugged. And uh, the problem is, is uh, you know, it's like 20-some-odd years later, and I never got a check. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. How many records did they put out? A like, ton. Stewart Unplugged. Nirvana. 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 One of the Slapton sold like 20 zillion records. That's right. Alan Cool J. I no check, man. By the way, at that moment, though, did somebody in the record company, after you did it, was kind of like, hey, kid, you want to make a record? You want to do a solo thing? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I figured. Well, nobody knew. And, you know, I honestly... You know, I have another career outside the band, you know, and that's kind of cool. I mean, I'm, I got to be in the luckiest position ever. I mean, I'm in yeah. this great big band. I mean, our last tour was 52 countries in 18 and a half months, and we had the biggest tour on the planet. Yeah. Um, and then I get to do what I want to do here artistically. But there's a lot of commercial stuff on this record. I mean, I can't get away from who I am. Well, also, I didn't get inducted to the Songwriters Hall of Fame for nothing. That's right. Congratulations. <laughs> but but the, the, we were listening early, and it was and it was we were like, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of prep before the show, and a lot of stuff's going on, and, and it was playing. We're like, who is this? this is sound, it sounded really good. And that's a good sign when it'll stop you from doing what you're doing, so you right. focus in on the music. Thank um, you. Thank you. With, with uh, talking about doing, you know, the... Um, uh, the difference between some solo artists or an artist goes out and does something solo. Sometimes you get the the feeling that they are, uh, I don't know, they they carry a grudge that they're beholding to the the band. You love the band and you love the solo stuff, and I think that's the difference with the way you approach it. You know, these solo albums are an expression of just interests and ways you want to go, as opposed to I need to be me. Yeah, you know what the thing is? It's uh, you know, I'm a working musician. I think anytime you're a working musician. Uh, you're happy. Yeah. When you're a working musician at my level, if you don't understand that and have gratitude for that opportunity, you're pretty much a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that your official quote? Niece? Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's face it. You know what I mean? I mean, I get to walk out on stage in front of 60,000, 70,000 people yep. on a nightly basis and in that 52 is... countries all over the world. You know? And that does not go unnoticed to you. Yeah, you... it's fantastic. And then, That's you know, great. I'll come to a theater in these local towns and get to play my stuff. 
And I think people are really, really happy to see me, you know, because sure. I don't come around that often. But uh, this record was such a, a, a fun record for me to make, and uh, it, it's it's, it's rocking. There's yeah. a lot of playing on this record. I get to do stuff that I don't normally do in the context of the band, obviously. Yeah, as a working musician, you get to branch out, you get to collaborate. And uh, I read an article yesterday that you and John Bon Jovi worked recently with Big and Rich, and uh, we're helping to put them uh, a record uh, with them. And I read it was a really funny story because they wanted to name it a certain thing. And then there were some copyright infringement laws. Do you know the story that I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, sure. Can you explain to the listeners what, what happened? Well, basically, I think we we ended up with a... Uh, uh, we started to write with Big and Rich, who are dear friends of ours. And those guys are crazy mofos. <laughs> <laughs> and they're a lot of fun. So, uh, and, and we had written a song with them a few albums back called We Got It Going On on our record. And so they're, doing, they're getting back together because they had a little feud. And they're back together now. And they okay. love each other. And uh, so we started writing with them. And we wrote this song called Born Again. And it's the title track to their record now. So then there was a thing called Hillbilly Jedis. Is right. that it? Yeah. Was that the line that we had a problem with? Yeah. Yeah, so we came up with this one song, You Guys Are Hillbilly Jedis, and everybody's going to come, and I guess there was a copyright infringement thing going on. You right. couldn't use Jedi? Right, so so John whips out his cell phone yeah. and calls George Lucas, and George Lucas says, okay, you can call it Hillbilly Jedis. <laughs> <laughs> and now that's the, but, but apparently, right. it's the power of the bond. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, George's one stipulation was, George Lucas's one stipulation was, um... You can't call them Jedi. Sexual favors? <laughs> no, yeah. no, Jedi is the plural of Jedi. So it's Hillbilly Jedi, Jedi. Not with no S on the end of it. And then uh -huh. now they named the record that. I love it. Isn't that great? I that's a, that's a lot of power when you can pick up the blower and get George Lucas on the phone. George Lucas, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I have Nelson Mandela? Pachucci <laughs> <laughs> Sambora. Really. I have some uh, banking information I'd like to give them. <laughs> You mentioned those guys, uh, they had a feud. How have you guys been able to stay together so long? And I'm sure you've had feuds, but nothing major that would break the band no, up. No, you know, I mean, I think that we looked at it once again, you know. I mean, I, spirituality for me is like not taking things for granted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, that's I mean, so key. It, what, you know, what's – you got to look at the bigger picture, really. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, if you're going to be little girls about things no, – no offense. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. No offense, Kathy. <laughs> Uh, but, if, you know, if you are going to be like little girls about stuff and you're going to argue about little stuff, it's not going to get you anywhere, man. Yeah. You know, and uh, when you're when you're with guys together in close quarters for as many years as we've been together, you know, you learn when to back off. You know, somebody's having a bad day. I mean, we've been through everything together. Births, deaths, divorce. Yeah. You know, I mean, you name it. We are a band of brothers. We are a family. And we just kind of look at it as that. You know? Well, and you guys all do your own thing, too. David's been very successful on very Broadway, successful. right? I God mean, bless he, him. Yeah, yeah, and he's a great guy, too. And, and Tico has his clothing line, his kids' line, and all that stuff. Art, everything, you as, know? As far as music goes, when it's time for you to do a project, or David or, or John even on his own, mm -hmm. uh, is there a band meeting? Uh, do you uh, call somebody up and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, just want to give you a heads up? Not really, you no? know? It's like we got off the road. Uh, we were on the road for 18 and a half months. <laughs> yeah, a and, little uh, too so, much. Surprisingly, you know, in the state of mind that I'm in now, compared to ten years ago, yeah, I was energized, and I just said to myself, I sh should start throwing down now. Mm -hmm. So I started to just write some songs and see where it was going. And after about five songs, I said, you know, this record—it sounds like it's going to be a record. Let's go in the studio and start cutting. Mm -hmm. And uh, it started to come out so good. 
Uh, and I was thrilled. So we just kept on going. And uh, lo and behold, aftermath of the lowdown. When you uh, select who's going to be in the studio with you, uh, is it buddies, friends, uh, somebody who you You know, uh, uh, my producer and good friend, Luke Eben, uh, selected a bunch of these guys for me. And I was thrilled to have them. I mean, I got some amazing musicians. Aaron Sterling, who was just playing drums, who was just playing with John Mayer. Okay. But he's been a session musician in L.A. and just a killer. Cool. Uh, Matt Rollins out of Nashville is a keyboard player. He's playing with Dire Straits and Lyle Lovett and a bunch of other people. Are these going to be your touring guys? Yeah, they're all okay. coming on the road with me, too. Some Excellent. An eclectic bunch. Kurt Schneider nice. on bass, who's played with Sting, and he's just a session guy. He also mixed a bunch of songs on this record. So really great, great stuff. Your first show to promote Aftermath of uh, the Lowdown is going to be? October at 18th yeah. at the Electric Factory. What what uh what's it like playing the first show of a tour? That first night out, a little nervous, or I mean, you've obviously rehearsed and got it together. No, and you know, I mean, at this point, you know, I've been doing this for like a long, yeah. long time. <laughs> I walk out there and I and I'm I'm very very excited. And when you have a band behind me and you have a good wealth of material to choose from. You kind of walk out there with a lot of confidence. And, uh, you know, it's like I, I, I kind of look at the, when the people come to see me. Everybody wants to see you do good. Yes. So all you kind of do is kind of tap into that energy, really. I let think me, that's what comes on. Let me ask you about Aftermath of the Lowdown. What, what is the, uh, the meaning of that? Well, basically, you know, this record did. Uh, it ended up when I started to write the songs of looking back over the last, you know, seven, eight years of my life. And, uh you know, I wanted to make an authentic record. And when you give somebody the lowdown, you're telling them the truth. Yeah. And I think that's, that's I wanted, you know, most artists maybe would want to shun away from some of those. You, uh, you're talking about demons that you've beaten in your life? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go there and uh, I think that that was a part of it, wanting to be authentic and make a truthful record. I think people are going to be able to relate to that. And I've been good at writing lyrics in my career that were songs about me that kind of uh, transferred in a very, very universal level. And I think that that's what these songs do, you know. And uh, it's cathartic, it has to be, right? Absolutely cathartic. Absolutely cathartic. I, I wonder if if a musician opens up like that in a song, their personal life about demons they've either battled or maybe a party lifestyle they used to have but don't anymore. Um, if you years later play that song and you're a different person, then how that if that affects you at all? Yeah, you know? yeah. No, you know, it's, I'm a different person now from yeah. that. You know, and and a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about happened five years ago yeah. you know and uh you know i mean everybody has their human experiences whether it's divorce or you lose a parent or you know you lose somebody you love and all those kind of things happen you know so you're battling some substance abuse this that and the other thing and i decided to kind of like i would have been remiss not to talk about that stuff mm -hmm. but the record is not a downer no. It's, it's it's more of a joy and a triumph of coming out on the other side of that stuff, you know, so that's what it's about. Hey, and speaking of all those things, I have to say, you know, we get a lot of rock stars that come in here, and you can see that their lifestyle has taken a toll on their body. I have to say I'm really impressed by the way you look. There you go. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Looking pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah. No, no, I've taken it very seriously. I mean, you know what? To, to be my age... <laughs> uh, to be my age and get out there and tour for the extensive amount of tour that I do and 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 wanting to be great every night, you know, you got to be a you got to be in shape, man. You got to really take it seriously. We I, I look at it as almost like athletic. Look at freaking Jagger, man. Yeah. The, the dude bounds around on stage man. like a panther. I mean, come on, it's yeah. unbelievable. He he works out. He has to. Yeah. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. So now, say. you know, it's a whole kind of different regimen. Before it was a, a very different. <laughs> it, was, it was a different regimen. My diet was a lot different. 
And I'm not talking about food either. <laughs> no, I was going to say the same thing about you, but I asked Kathy to do it because it was just going to sound a little weird. <laughs> me telling you that you look great. Um, now, what is your favorite song that you've written? Mm. Uh, you know, that's a tough, they're all my kids, but I mean, anytime... I Everybody's think, got a favorite kid, though. You know, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, oh, God. Every time, you know, you write a song that actually connects with the masses, I think that's... Uh, basically, when you're a songwriter, you're trying to communicate at the end of the day. And like I said, when you write something about you, you know, I mean, living on a prayer, stuff like that has to be something that has transcended throughout the years yeah. and uh, uh, has morphed. And still is living, you know, he wrote it in 1986. So. Yeah. Like, but but don't you love it when somebody comes up and says, hey, man, my name's Tommy. This is my wife, Gina. Yeah. How cool is this? <laughs> it's got to be cool. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's like, uh, really? Nice <laughs> but you were younger. You, I, you I, were I, writing about me. And I go, yes, I was. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not Richie I Sambor. was in your backyard <laughs> and you didn't even know. <laughs> But it's crazy because you were younger back then, and and you know you, I you, was you had yeah. you had you had less perspective uh, than you do now. So do those words mean just as much today to you? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what happened? It was the first time that John and I ever used characters in a situation because basically all we ever, I mean at that point in time when we wrote Slippery One Wet, really we kind of knew what it was like to be on a road and uh, you know be like. Animals, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we knew, you know. Women in the road. That's kind of like we knew, and that's <laughs> sure. kind of what we wrote about. And uh, with this particular song, we tapped into our blue-collar, uh, you know, growing up in New Jersey and the blue-collar stuff, and we started writing about, you know, Tommy and Gina, and basically, we all were Tommy and Gina at some point in our lives. Mm -hmm. Everybody. We all had that Tommy Everyone and connects, Gina. yeah. We all had that Tommy and Gina moment, you know? So I think that that was the important part about it. And that, that was kind of like an um, enlightenment and a revolution for us at that point because we just said, oh, this is what songwriting is about. It's mm -hmm. the relatable subject matter that that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, was so, the, that was the So epiphany? now, I mean, basically, uh, even with my ap uh, aftermath of the lowdown, all the stuff that I was writing about is things that, you know, even a song like Every Road Leads Home to Use, you right. know, it's everybody has a home that they desire to come home to. It could be, you know, for me, it was my daughter at the time that I was writing about, you know, it could be your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, could be just your house, could be your dog, <laughs> you know, yeah. it could be maybe you were lost inside yourself and you want to come home to who you really are. So in, uh, in essence, that was a metaphor for what everybody is feeling. So here again. A very personal subject that I was addressing became a universal subject. I found that a lot of my stuff on this record turns out to be everybody's stuff. Yeah. You know, we all kind of go through that stuff. Kathy and uh, Casey wanted to compliment you on your looks, and they're right. You're, you're very attractive. I wanted to compliment you on your... Um, my penis? Uh, your penis. <laughs> Thank you. Invariably, Nick will get there. Yeah. I was going to say talent. <laughs> Uh, but perhaps they fall under the same umbrella. Uh, no, no, your your um, genuine kindness. Because I've been lucky enough to meet you a couple of times. Uh, you've done. Uh, you've had a nice long relationship with this radio station. Oh man, you guys have been great to me and forever. About ten years ago, I used to work for Pierre Robert, and you, you and John and the band did a, an acoustic session across the hall. And um, there was a moment in time where you guys were doing the sound check, and the only two people in the room were you and me. And you were warming up on the double neck guitar, 
And um, you looked over at me, and first of all, I was blown away at how good of a guitar player you are. Can I see your penis? <laughs> That's when it happens. Just a little later. <laughs> but it was funny because you looked at me, and I thought that there must be somebody else in the room because you looked and smiled, and I looked behind me. And I'm like, Richie's got to be looking at somebody else. And it was just a nice little moment for me that I've never forgotten. Kathy tells a story about her and her husband, and, and I just wanted to ask you about your relationship with Philly in particular and, and this radio station. Why do you think you have... Um, such a great connection, and um, is it is? I don't know. It seems genuine on both ends. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it goes back many, many years. I was playing here with a band called Duke Williams and the Extremes, and I was an extreme by that yeah. when I was a kid. And uh, you know, so I started out playing clubs here when I was about nineteen years old. Wow. And then the next time I was in a, the relationship with the city, I lived here when we made seventy eight hundred degrees Fahrenheit. With Obi over here at Obi Studio for the most part, and it was one of the craziest fun times I've ever had in my life. What year was that? So, uh, that was '85, I guess, something like that. Wow! When I lived here, so I lived here for a good half a year, and uh, I had just a blast. And then, obviously, then Slippery hits, and then we started. Uh, you know, I mean, the Spectrum. I used to come to concerts here at RFK Stadium all the time when I was a kid. JFK, I JFK, right? Yeah. Uh, then uh, and the Spectrum constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we started to play the Spectrum. I think we played like six nights in a row or something. Or wow. we got, then we got this award and all this other stuff. Then John and I, you know, bought the football team, the Soul. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we started that. And you know, then you know, we're so this, the, the relationship with the city has been very, very special. And obviously with MMR, I mean. That's what I think about when yeah. I come into Philadelphia. Uh, well, uh, Richie's going to be playing the Electric Factory coming up on October 18th. Tickets are on sale Yes, please now. come and see me. It's going to be a gas, man. I'm going to play a lot of songs off the record, off my prior, prior solo record, some Bon Jovi stuff that uh, I'm going to turn into my stuff. You know? Well, here's, here's what I'd like to propose to you, sir. Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> we can take a commercial break and come back and play a track off of the new album. I'll try it. We'll see. No, I mean, I'll, I'll play, I'll oh, play, play, play from one. the scene. CD, Thank you. And then, <laughs> then would you like to play? <laughs> There's sure, the bargain. Sure. That was our four we'll see. Sure, man. <laughs> we'll let you think about it in a moment. No so problem. We'll take a break and we'll come back in a moment. The Preston and Steve Show podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. Ninety-three-three WMMR. Everything that rocks. Pierre would be here. He would be here yeah. if uh, if he were in town to hang out with Rich. No, he's on vacation, right? Yeah, yeah he's up in town. Yeah, he says he's going to come to New York and uh, visit me, and we're going to do a little interview up there. When, when you want him to come there, Richie, make sure you tell him uh, uh, allow about a day and a half. Ahead of time, so he writes exactly on time. Right. If you want him there on Thursday, say, I need you here on Tuesday. <laughs> he wrote me a very long and concerned text last night, making sure that we treated you well. And I was like, how else would we treat <laughs> you? Yeah. Thank you. Can I just say something on, that, on, the, on the song? Yeah. The litmus test is, I, I want to I hear that song in my car. And I think that's always a good. Yeah. It's always, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's. that's I want to go listen to that in my car because um, there, there's a songs about going home. And as you said, you know, whatever's home for you. There's a great Pat Metheny uh, song called "Last Last Train Home." Uh, you know, uh, an instrumental piece. And that, that's such a such a great universal feeling. You know, yeah, you know, it's like um, you know when I was writing, I was thinking about my kid. Yeah. I got your picture on the phone. Your voice in my head I'm lying here alone 
Restless in a far away bed The stars are falling down And I'm half a world away I'm just trying to close the distance To feel each breath that you take And the bridge is burning and I'm losing my faith I'm trying to find my way to the truth Like a wild That's a beautiful song, dude. Love it. What a great melody, too. Yeah. How how did she react when you uh, when you told her that song was about her? Oh man, she. You know, I mean, I have a pretty cool relationship with my kid, and uh, the the worst thing about what I do, my job, is having to leave her. Yeah. You know. I'm just glad I heard the album version first because uh, when I hear acoustic things first before I hear the actual album version. I don't like the album version as much anymore. <laughs> you, you, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you write everything acoustically first. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, I, you know to... what? I write very, very simply. I have done for years because I, you know, I really believe that you can't polish a turd. A turd. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> we, we polish a turd every day here. <laughs> for five hours, we polish away. But there's just, there's something about that um, one man with a guitar um, that is just it's so the, It really is the... Uh, the troubadour. It's the test. It, yeah, it yeah. proves the men between the boys. I mean, you know, when I was when I was coming up in this business, uh, that's all I did was I played acoustic gigs on the, the Mondays and Tuesday nights where I couldn't book the band. You know, the club owners couldn't afford the band, so I would just go out and, you know, do it this way. And it really taught me a lot, man. You know, yeah. It really taught you a lot. That's cool. You had mentioned, uh, Rich, we were talking off air for just a moment before we got going, that uh, you still drive your uh, your daughter to school? Every day, man. Every day, really? Absolutely. And she's 15 years old? 15 years old. She's just about getting to drive, man. I just wow. was, like, kind of freaked out on the way here. Dude, will you drive my kids to school? <laughs> That'd be so yeah. cool. I got to imagine yeah. that that school has the highest amount of moms driving <laughs> their kids to school. <laughs> really? Wow. Hey, before we uh, we get another song from you, yeah, uh, I want to invite probably the biggest rock and roll fan in the world that I know. Uh, he's our overnight jock, uh, Jackie Bam, yeah. Bam, who's been hanging around. who's all nervous. He's like, get over here. Is there anything you wanted? You're, you you love interviewing rock Jackie, stars. Jackie. Richie. Is there anything you wanted to ask him? Or uh, I do want to ask you. You mentioned the brand new album. Uh, you got a lot of studio musicians on it. And your last album, you work with Don Waz. You work with uh, the late, great Billy Preston. Any... um. Like big names on this album, you know. You mentioned some studio cats, but you know, it's actually you know there are studio guys, but they're live guys too. Everybody has went out and played with some really quality people, you know, between Dire Straits and Sting, and you know, I mean, they they do road stuff yeah. and everything. But the interesting thing about these guys is that they became a, we became a band first song. It was unbelievable. It's hard to get that right to get. Well, you knew you you knew from experience. You pick a band that automatically gels, but that's it, when in 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 just the nature of things when bands are being put together. That's the hardest part is getting synergy. Absolutely, yeah. Well, and not only that, studio guys are are known amongst uh, people who do this for a living as pretty much the best that there are because they can play almost anything. And uh, a lot of names you'll never know are some of the greatest sure. musicians in the world. Absolutely. And I would imagine from time to time you sit down with one of those guys, you're kind of like, wow, that, that guy's a lot better than I am. <laughs> uh, well, you know, everybody, you know, I think when you get to my stage of the game, everybody has their uh, strengths, you know. And uh, for me... Uh, if if I play from my heart and from my soul, I can play with anybody. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to do with technique. Right, 
You know what I mean? It's more feel. has to do with where it's coming from. Yeah. Is know? is that the hardest part when you so you're learning to play the instrument about and at your level, when does it kick in that you are able to serve as a the, the instrument simply becomes a conduit for what you're feeling? Yeah, right. It's just kinda your 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 heart and your soul come through your fingers and your voice, obviously. It ta- you know, it takes a little while to get to that place, but it happened early for me, lucky. I was in my teens. Oh, that's yeah. cool. All that's right, awesome. so yeah. like a like a basketball player uh, prof- on a professional level, every now and again they have a bad game where they can't hit a jump shot. Does that happen? to musicians mm, for me the only time it really happens is if i'm sick okay. yeah and i do everything i'll you know i'll take whatever you know steroids or whatever it takes. <laughs> i well, become an athlete at that point to get to you know to run the marathon you know you do whatever you have to do because uh you know you got sixty, seventy thousand people that paid good money to come see you and wow. you better be good you got you, that has to be the, because we, we do a thing every year, and you, you guys have supported it. It's the Camp Out for Hunger. It's the big uh, food charity uh, mm-hmm. drive that we do. And uh, invariably, I lose my voice. But I think, you know, you're, you're going to walk out in front of 60,000, 70,000 people, and your voice isn't up to snuff. What, what is your cure-all? What is your, all right, I'm going to do this and get the voice back? Well, there's a ton of things you have yeah. to do. Okay. There's a ton of things you have to do to maintain your voice. And uh, one of them is warm up, and another one is warm down, just like if you're working out. Yeah. The voice is a muscle. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if need be, you know, and there's also obviously, you know, teas and you got to eat the right stuff. There's a discipline to it. You know? Okay. All right. Well, are you warmed up? Yeah, baby. All right. What do you want to play for us? Rich? I play another song called "Taking a Chance on the Wind," and uh, I think it's a song about taking risks. And uh, a lot of people ask me on this record, like, you know, hey, Richie, you, gotta, you, know, you don't need to do this. Why are you doing this? You should be messing around with your sailboat. You know? <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I said it would have been a risk not for me to do this, and this song is kind of like about freedom too. Okay. okay. So Let's it's hear- called Taking a Chance on the Wind. Richie Sambor, everybody. Thank you. Lately it's been raining, but today's my lucky day. The faith I put in my pocket is the only thing that didn't get washed away. I was making confession, was this is where I start. Every heartache's a blessing, every knockdown was a spot. Every knockdown was a spark. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Turn down all my troubles, setting fire to all my sins. It's been way too long and I'm moving it on again. Doubling down on freedom, everything I believe in. I'm raising my flag and taking a chance on the win. Yeah. Raising my flag and taking a chance on the wind. Time told me a lesson. Don't dwell on the past. Cause the bad things fade and the good things. The good things are built to last. When love comes easy, like a fairy tale, make believe. When you're buying it all and you're ready to fall, there's only one to remedy. Yeah, only one remedy. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Turn down all my troubles, setting fire to all my sins. It's been way too long, and I'm moving it on again. Doubling down on freedom, everything I believe in. I'm raising my flag and taking a chance on the wind. Yeah. Raising my flag and taking a chance. Yeah, yeah. On the wind. 
It's that New Jersey sound. You know what I mean? It's real. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? It's for real. There's yeah. a lot of heart in there. Yeah, baby. And it's pretty damn awesome. Richie's new album is called uh, Aftermath of the Lowdown. Uh, the tour is coming through Philly. First stop right here at the Electric Factory. Absolutely. Man, excited. That's a great it. room, too. It's, yeah. it's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, RichieSambora.com, and you, you're on Twitter as yeah, well, and at, all that at, stuff. At The Real Sambora. At The Real Sambora. <laughs> it was really funny, man. Before I got on Twitter, I had to get on Twitter, man. I was like, you know, kind of like not into it, but uh, um, now I kind of like it a lot. But, but yeah. there was like 30 people as me. <laughs> I was doing stuff that I'm like... I didn't do any of that. <laughs> At least not for a while. <laughs> the real Sambora. Uh, so we'll put a link to that on uh, Preston and Steve. Sweet me, cats. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Rich, thanks for stopping by, man. My pleasure, guys. You You're guys always man. been great to me. God bless you. I love it. Come mm-hmm. and see me. All right. Richie Sambora. Yay! Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. The Bizarre File today, brought to you by the Penn Beer. Join Casey Boy and the WMMR Rock and Rollers in the 2019 Bend to the Shore on Sunday, July 28th. In all the years of doing The Bizarre File, I think that uh, this is probably the most received story uh, that I've ever got sent to me. Because people will send stories to me yeah. online and say, hey, you might want to add this to The Bizarre File. This is the one you have easily received the most. In in the time that the story came out to receiving it. So everybody sent me this, so here you go. Okay. In a new case study, Irish doctors report the baffling case of a 33-year-old man <laughs> who injected his own semen intravenously for a year and a half a self-developed cure intended to treat his chronic back pain. So he was injecting himself with his own semen in hopes of curing his back pain. <laughs> with a needle. With a needle. Yeah. It was already in him. Uh, it does not appear... Yeah, exactly! It was already in you, you moron! It does not appear to have worked. After reportedly no. injecting semen into his arm every month for 18 oh, months, the man goodness. finally sought medical attention, but not for his arm. 
The patient instead complained of severe sudden onset lower back pain, having lifted a heavy steel object three days beforehand. Do you know how when you're a kid you mix, oh, I'm going to take uh, toothpaste, I'm going to mix it with Lavoris, yeah, and I'm going to yeah, cure yeah. cancer. Yeah, yeah. That's what this guy did. During his checkup, the doctor found a patch of red swelling on his right forearm. Oh, that's my semen pus. After which the man admitted that he'd been injecting himself with his own semen using a hypodermic needle that he purchased online. What? Did he say what he predicated this concept on? No, he didn't. Uh, This time around, he had injected three, quote, doses of semen entering both his blood vessels and his muscles. Yes, right into the muscles. He was going deep down into it. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, it doesn't work if you don't go right into the muscle. The doctors at uh, Adelaide and Mental Health Hospital in Ireland said this is the first reported case of semen injection oh, for what? use as a medical treatment. Uh, and it was. We in, recommend you also stop the poop toothpaste. It was in a case study titled Semenly Harmless Back Pain <laughs> and Unusual Presentation of the Subcutaneous Abscess. Oh, my God. Uh, the swollen region grew and hardened around the area on his arm where he'd injected his semen, and an x ray revealed an area of trapped air beneath the man's skin. Uh, the doctors immediately hospitalized the patient, treating him with an intravenous antimicrobial therapy. After the patient's back pain improved, he discharged himself. This is part of the treatment. Uh, the doctors performed a search of the medical literature and beyond, hmm. revealing not a single case of intravenous semen injection for back pain. So I assume they gave him a plaque or something. Uh, after dutifully reporting the first ever case of a man injecting himself with his own semen to try and treat his back pain, the authors offered a warning. They said it's dangerous. For the untrained to perform intravenous injections on themselves, especially when they're injecting things that aren't supposed to be injected into veins like semen. Well, you figure, right? Yep. So I uh, just thought I'd pass that along. Wow. I may do that again in the next Bizarre File. You never know. All right. A couple caught having sex in the woods while smeared in blood, surrounded by a circle of chanting women, were taking part in a bizarre fertility ceremony. This is in England. A four-year-old dog sniffed out the daylight sex romp in Hawksworth Woods near Leeds, which is popular with families, dog walkers, and runners. And obviously Satanists. A group of three or four onlookers dressed in matching cream tunics and swimming cap-style headgear. Oh, my God. We're chanting in a foreign language as a couple had sex on a plastic sheeting. Now the semen story seems normal. The dog, Kai, was being walked by his owner, who asked not to be named, when he ran in through a gap and in a couple of uh, fence posts into the woodland. You guys playing cards? Uh, sh- uh, the, the owner said, Kai disappeared, and I heard what I thought was shouting and swearing from the woods. I went into the woods, grabbed him, and I saw two people completely naked on a white plastic sheet. I know what this looks like. The woman was laid down flat on her back with her arms and legs out like a snow angel and with her eyes shut. The man was knelt between her legs, praying and chanting, and they began having intercourse. A dead black crow-like bird was beside the pair, and the man daubed some of the bird's blood into the woman's forehead. Do you guys know where the baseball field is? Uh, Kai's owner grabbed her dog and left the wood <laughs> and immediately telephoned her friend to come and help her. Uh, the friends, uh, two friends quickly decided to visit a nearby school, a, a grade school, because they were concerned children uh, leaving their lessons could stumble upon the sex group. I see you guys are busy, but do you know if you can use drones in this park? 
Uh, locals were amazed at the brazen antics in the woodland, regularly used for cross-country runs in nearby secondary school uh, as a playground for younger children. Uh, police stepped up patrols in the area. Uh, I would say so. Since then, oh, we have yes. a picture of her with the dried blood all over her face. No, that's Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah that that's, was the... That's not... Uh... <laughs> I thought it looked like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> mm-hmm. A Texas woman was arrested this week after police say she shot and killed her boyfriend last month while posing for a Snapchat. Autumn King, 20 years old, was arrested Monday, and police say she killed 26-year-old Eric Charles Allen while he took a picture of her posing with the loaded rifle. Uh-oh. Uh, the couple were inside their home when, uh, with uh, two children when the shooting took place. King told detectives that she was posing with a rifle and aiming it directly at the victim who was holding King's phone for a Snapchat photo. Uh, she then she said that's when she accidentally pulled the trigger, shooting him. Uh, she said that they were trying to be like Bonnie and Clyde, and that she thought that he was Bonnie play- and Clyde in- died in a hail of bullets. That he was playing at first when uh, he hit the ground. Mm. Uh, but I think she was talking about taking pictures with guns. Oh, oh. an autopsy report confirmed that Allen died from a gunshot wound. The manner of death was ruled a homicide. Uh, while well, King told investigators that the shooting was accidental, police recovered a photo from the scene. Uh, which contained a video showing the couple arguing minutes before the shooting. Uh, according to the report, King and Allen were arguing about cheating on one another. She was charged with manslaughter, so we'll see what ends up happening. And then one last story. We'll end with this. A Taiwanese woman was stopped at a customs checkpoint on the island of Kinmen after returning from a visit to China. Coast Guard officials were conducting routine inspections when they noticed a woman was walking awkwardly. Well, they found she had 24 gerbils strapped to her legs. <laughs> what? And it, they were covered by a skirt. Uh, she claimed that she was smuggling uh, them for friends and had purchased them at a pet store in China. Gerbil smuggling. Officials believe that she was sent by a smuggling ring to test out inspection procedures at the port. Didn't this stuff start with Jerry Penicoli? Uh, the 60-year-old was charged with violating the Infectious Animal Disease Prevention and Control Act. Ah, and the animals were euthanized. Oh, so. What did they do? Yeah, 24 gerbils, exactly. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. Activate the President Steve Show podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. I forgot where this study came from, but or the at least this list, and it's the 16 most overrated sexual acts of all time. I, I sent this, and you know what? It seems to be pretty spot on. Some of this we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are things that are, you know, sound like a good idea. But proved to not be. But really just not. No. Because. It doesn't work out. It's Hey, straight ahead's a pretty good way to go. Do you know what you know? the issue is here, too? Uh, the movies. The movies yeah. indicate. Oh, yeah. They, oh, this it has to be awesome to do that that way. Right. And, and guess what? No, not yeah. always. I have an inkling as to what number one is, but I don't want to say it for fear uh, of I don't giving think, it away. I don't think these are in any particular okay. order of uh, of most overrated. But what would you say? Shower. Uh, that's sex in watery places. Yeah, yes, okay. That's on here. And that's a movie thing, Steve. That's like, hey, sex in the shower looks so hot and sexy and awesome, and then it's you get not... in there and you're like, man, I just want to wash my balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's hot tubs, baths, and, and showers. Hot tub, too. That's not no. enjoyable. I never have. Any, I've tried that. It's already, like, that's the best part is, like, you know, it's warm. It's already warm. <laughs> right. You know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> uh, but it says that, that it does include those, and um, it, obviously there's an issue with, uh, you know, water is not necessarily a great lubricant. No, no, it's not. Uh, but you can talk to our IT department if you want good tips on how to... <laughs> 
on how to maintain <laughs> yeah. that and what sort of 3M product to use. They're not just IT. No, no. They're not only that. They're also uh, perverts. <laughs> uh, sex on the beach. I agree with that. That's got to yeah. suck. I've, I've, never, I've never really even wanted to do that. No. There's no give. There's no, I mean, like, try doing it on a hardwood floor. It's and like, I don't care how much lipstick you put on that shark. <laughs> yeah. It's still no. a dead shark. It's still, no. It's, uh, well, you're it, saying sand itself as far as maneuvering and using, uh, using, uh, leverage and so I forth. have, it's and difficult. it's not, it's, it's, n- there's nothing to, comp- I, I, I didn't finish by saying, oh, we've got to do this again. No, do it so you can say you did it, but, um. You know what, though? Everyone else on the blankets around us, <laughs> yeah. they applauded. Stood up with The kids, the kids, you know, the parents immediately put the buckets over the kids' heads. Uh, let's see here. Porn style sex. It says here, porn sex is the Olympic of sex. Lots of, uh, head pop- <laughs> That'd be a perfect example. Uh, where it's yeah, it's, it's a, done to extravagant lengths yes. and it's just it sets it sets an unrealistic goal for a lot of people. Lots of head tosses, loud moans, constant flesh pounding, uh more bad of ex- grammar than extreme more of an extreme sport than sexual act. There is bad grammar. There is a lot of times. Porn. Absolutely. The, the the phrase I well, I can't say the phrase, but I always love the instruction of the act that's actually in progress. Yeah, do that. That. I'm doing it. Yeah. Dummy. Uh, right now. <laughs> I just want the guys to shut the hell up. I know. Board. I want everyone shut to shut up. Oh, my God. No, I don't mind. There's some, some girls can say some, some nice things, but uh, but guys, just like, shut cle- up. Clever haikus. And the guy behind the camera needs to shut up as well. Oh, yeah. please. Yeah. That's the yes. absolute worst. Yeah. Dude, you shouldn't even exist. Uh-huh. You're talking about the point of view stuff. Yeah. Where, where no, you, no, the, no, no. The guy's I, talking. No, where there's two guys in a room. One guy's getting the action. The other guy's running the camera and says things. Yeah, you see what you're doing to him right there? Do more of that. Do you know what's shut worse? Up, dude. The guy who's running the catering talking. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, we got some real. bagels over here, by the way. Who's hungry? Yeah, we got some cream cheese and stuff when you guys are done. <laughs> Uh, another one on the list is one night stands. These are uh, the, the um, most overrated uh, sex acts. Mm. How do you feel about that? I thought one night stands were pretty fun to tell you the truth. Really? Yeah. Mm. They uh, don't they leave you hollow inside, yearning for love? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's the bad part. <laughs> no, I always. Uh, I, back in the single days, I thought they were kind of cool. They were, uh, yes, they enjoyable. But yeah. I, I realized I was looking for more, and that's why I entered the priesthood. <laughs> A friend of mine was this, you know, very proper, um, just, uh, you know, always did everything the right way. And one, in college, we, you know, just sat, we were sitting around talking, and she was like, well, I had a one-night stand before. And we were like, what? She had been with her boyfriend forever. And she was like, really? we, we broke up for a little while. She's like, I figured I should do it, get it over with, at least so I could say, you know, I, di- I did it. And, it, I mean, we were just shocked that her, of all people. Is she a proper person? Very, very. Okay. And the nine yes. guys she was with were all very proper <laughs> very as well. Proper. It was a uh, visiting Brazilian soccer team. I always thought one-night stands were kind of fun. Was there ever, ever uh, a one-night stand that didn't involve alcohol for you? Oh, no. Probably yeah. not. They're pretty hard not to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's a That's bar what hookup. They are. Yeah. I did. You know? Yeah, but you're not I a would, drinker. I would drink, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would use uh, acid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, why does it say one-night stand? Do they have any reasons? Uh, there was a wide array of views on this. I guess some people had, had uh, written in uh, commenting on this. Some yeah, there are a lot of comments. 
Fun uh, one night stands to be quick, easy, carefree, and hot. Others found them to be awkward. So, like uh, here's a quote: it "says Well, there's usually too much booze involved and weird the next morning. Regret that can be a little yeah, strange. Yeah. I've had that happen. <laughs> here's another one that says: Is she supposed to stay overnight? I don't want her to stay overnight. What if she stays overnight? <laughs> what was your maneuver, Preston? If if you had, I pretended like I was vomiting. Did you in the bathroom? Really? One time I did that. Oh, yes. I remember oh, you told man. us that before. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I went in the bathroom and I made puke noises and I splashed the water in the toilet. <laughs> right. I, I would carry it so on sick. through to the next I have morning. To go. I feel terrible. <laughs> I would carry it on through to the next morning, and I get dressed up in my suit and the whole thing, and and uh, and say, now I have to go to my mother's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you got yeah. out of it. Yeah. Uh, but, want... No, no, I need to be alone. But getting someone to leave, see, now that's the thing, though. If if you are, if you want a one night stand, if you, if you know good and well it's going to happen, and you're going back to your place, you have to be prepared for her to stay the night. That's all there is to it. It may be you you, you kind of have to be ready for that. Don't you? Isn't the thing to do the gentlemanly thing to do? Wake up, make her breakfast, and tell her that you love her. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. But I'm sure I really love you. I'm sure like a Friday night one night stand has turned into a weekend of her just not leaving. Oh, I'll sure. guarantee you, though, yeah. as times have changed, women now, statistically, we know it's the case, yeah. deal with these issues about how they dump out on the uh, on the unattractive dude that they ended up betting down. Uh, so another overrated uh, sex act uh, would be orgies. It says on this list. Oh, they seem like they would be a lot of fun. It does seem like it'd be a lot. Except for the guy in the corner of the bed, not getting anything, just watching. Uh, the guy who's responsible for buying the beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that beer, Louis? Um, I don't know. Uh, to me, it seems too daunting. I, I don't. I don't think I have the confidence to to be in a room full of, uh, you know, that many people going at it. You know, I, I think, um, like, I'm fine with uh, Twister. Well, I, w- back when I played in the band, there were a lot of one-night stands and stuff like that. Well, you're that. a rock star. We ended up, I remember one time we ended up, there were six of us and, and all, everybody going individually at the same time. We weren't, it wasn't a Trading group. off? Yeah, it wasn't trading off. It chain. wasn't a group thing. But we were all in front of each other, and I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't a classic, I guess... If you're if you're all writhing on, I assume a classic orgy is everyone yeah, writhing sure. on top of each other. Yeah, the classic, the way your grandparents yeah. used to do it. <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, press with the lights on or off. Uh, they were off, but it, the sun was coming up, so it was light in there. That's I mean, beautiful. It was that late in the day or in the morning or whatever. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I don't know anybody who's ever been in a a quote unquote full on orgy. I believe my younger brother has. I mean, my, my really? younger brother was was L A. rock, you know, right. doing stuff out there, and he. Um, he was he was quite the uh, the um, active person. I'm trying to think of an appropriate phrase soul. that doesn't involve either the c word or something else. I know I know a homosexual man who has, he, and he's not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify, well, wait, is it? I assume that unless you're wildly comfortable, you you there you know you have to have some some issues. I think if you have even like you know. It's it's got to be because uh, you feel like you're you know you're being watched and maybe that's narcissistic to say that everyone in the orgy is watching you. Right. right? <laughs> I don't know. You just got to be. I guess you got to go with the moment, and it's got to feel like, hey, we're all getting it on here. And is this awesome? awesome? Don't worry about it. Isn't this yeah. awesome. There this was a, is so great. I hope there's more onion dip when I'm done. There was a guy when I was a uh, I guess a senior in college, and he had a threesome uh, with with two girls, and it was. Um, you know, it was one of those things where initially he wanted it to be a, a secret, and he was a you know he was a good looking dude, but he certainly no wasn't. dude wants that to get out. 
Uh, well, I think he just to protect the girls initially. Oh, okay, like he did, right. I think because he wanted to do it again. Sure. Um, but uh, and then eventually it took about uh, fourteen hours, and then everybody on campus <laughs> right. knew. But he, once he bought billboard space. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, everybody was jealous of that guy, and it was, it was an impressive feat. All right. This is a list of the most overrated sexual acts. Some of them I'm not going to mention. Some of them are kind of dumb. But um, sex involving food. I've never even considered that. Well, you remember the great, uh, well, the classic sequence from uh, Nine and a Half Weeks, I guess, yeah. where they, uh, and it Open was parodied in uh, in um, Hot Shots. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Costanza would, like, yeah. he would eat sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. well, his, and, and his idea was that, hey, I love both of these things. Yeah. So why not combine them together? <laughs> uh, no, I've never never even considered that. I mean, we and played around with, like, chocolate sauce before. Yeah. Those even great. that's not great. That's, yeah, exactly. No. It's a little over, it's overrated. It's this list. Clam dip. Uh, sex in tight quarters. It says this would include cars, bathroom stalls, and coffins. <laughs> coffins. Who the hell has sex in a coffin? No. Zombies. Cars, though. What about cars? No. I, yeah, no you know what? Yeah. I, I think um, there is a there is a certain way to do it in cars. Yeah. You know, yeah. you put the seat all the way back, and then you get on your knees. <laughs> wow. Is that like, no, that's what he said. <laughs> Kathy is well scored. Wow. Kathy wow. Here's, here's what you do. This is why Kathy keeps... I keep an Allen wrench in my car because you can take off the seat mechanism and you disable the steering column. You pop the wheel off so this way your ass doesn't get cut up on the uh, column. No, Casey has told Then what you do is you put the, you put the instep on the dashboard and you hold your hands on the back. Now, mind you, it doesn't hurt if you have some, like you can take hits of oxygen, pure oxygen, and, and snort. if you're snorting coke too, that's good. Right, Kat? Oh <laughs> no, there's. Um, I think two now ways. Now you put are... a condom on the tire jack. <laughs> <laughs> Two ways that are decent, and I hope at the beginning of this conversation, my parents mm-hmm. and my wife had tuned out. Yeah. Um, but backseat um, with a you know I don't know a girl with a service on, man girl on top, and then um, front passenger seat um, girl on bottom. We, and wow, we're looking at vid- go ahead continue. Um, and uh, is this yeah. to, is this from the motor vehicles? Do they provide this in the brochure we're seeing up here in the? Uh... I think so. That's AAA. Yeah. That's yeah. AAA. Yeah. <laughs> But then also, that's two asses. Uh, all right, passenger seat, uh, guy on top, and we the, got yeah, you. you. Yeah, put, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, trying. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying. Yeah, yeah. Only uh, a couple of times have I actually done the full compliment in the car. I've done the other entrees, the, the meeting, going those. out to dinner, the whole thing in the car. No, I mean, uh, oh, the full other sex. stuff. I got yeah. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But doing the full deal Ooh. in a car, I've only done a couple of times. Well, what about a minivan? Is it is it even? You know, would it be better or possible or more doable? Yeah, because you can oh, kind definitely. of move the seats the down all together. Yeah, okay. But, uh, that sort of doesn't count. I've I've had my 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 share. I think they're, uh, but it's uh, again, you uh, the more space, the better. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Hang on, I got go like to go like a warehouse. Joe's got an interesting story about getting out of a one night stand. Let me go to Joe. Hey, Joe, <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing awesome, Kenny. How are you? Good, brother. <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, uh, one time actually it wasn't too long ago. Um, I was uh, hooking up with this chick, and it's basically I've been it's an on on and off you know hookup buddy, and she wanted me to go hang out and meet her friends. That kind of wasn't part of the deal. I actually had my buddy Josh, who's my roommate, and he's listening right now. He uh, he called me up and we uh, he actually told me and we made this huge elaborate story that our house got robbed. Okay, and all, all my guns were gone and our TV was gone, all our computers. And this chick was, it was the only way I could get out of this, but it was horrible. I felt did, bad for did, a minute. Well, you felt bad. Now, now did, and did that work? Was that effective? 
It was. Okay. I, I, was out within a couple I thought of you were going to say you had your buddy call it as, as a pissed off lover. <laughs> oh, well, that would have worked, <laughs> too. worked too. <laughs> Joe, did, yeah, you, would... did you ever find out you guys lied about it? No, I'm probably going to hook up with her very shortly again. Ah, yes. Uh, nice. Nice. Make nice, sure you man. replenish your pretend guns. They do have obviously the the easy one, but it's not necessarily for a one night stand. It's for a date. Is you have the friend call. Well, now they have now, and now, now they, they have apps. apps yeah. yeah, yeah. That'll that'll call you before you got on a date. That'll save you. If right. You need. In, in, in fact, you can even there there can be a pre recorded message. So in case they can actually hear a little bit from the phone. Oh yeah. Somebody talking on the other side. Uh, Sorry, other we end. have to move on. Exactly <laughs> like that. Right. Um, but that's a way to get out of a out of a first date. Usually, yeah. not not a one night stand. Uh, what else here? Uh, the overrated sex positions or sex acts. Here's another one: sex involving clothes ripping. Yeah, I've done it. Have you? Yeah. yeah. You like that? Uh, I was in a department store at the time. <laughs> <laughs> the Gap. So yeah, we were just tearing clothes. I didn't. No, in a I, I have. Once. I, I, and I was the 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 person I was with. I was dating at the time. Enjoyed that sort of hulkish. You know, really? Yeah. During and but I and I I wonder if and I have to say, you sure? I I know that you like this blouse. Are you sure? I wonder if I if I ripped my pant my wife's panties sometimes if she would get pissed off at me or not because she really liked those panties and I I didn't know. I know you would. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Do you know how expensive those are? But I wonder if I might just pick the wrong pair to rip. You know what I mean? Yeah, probably. Those were my favorites. Buy some rippable. (laughs) Buy some of uh, you know Lane Bryant. Big mofos. It, you know what? When I see it happen in the movies where the girl uh, will rip the guy's shirt, and I'm like, oh, man, now you got to get like all those buttons replaced. <laughs> That's imme- immediately where I'm like, I'm oh, sorry. On, I'm man. no longer aroused. Now right? I'm thinking of all the sewing I'm going to have to do. <laughs> but I do have to a replace shirt. all of those buttons. I have a shirt that I just bought, I think, probably at like Old Navy or something like that. And instead of the buttons that go through the hole, it's yeah. the snap buttons. Yeah. So I've done that for my wife where I just <laughs> wear yeah. that and yeah. a dickie. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Right, right. You'll be so hot. Look, hun, snaps instead of buttons. Uh, here's another one. Overrated uh, sex experiences. Uh, sex on a waterbed. Yes. Now, you were the <laughs> only one, one here who's had uh, mm-hmm. a waterbed. I had a free-flow waterbed for ages, man, for the longest time. Did it mess up your back? Very how, difficult. How now, old were you when you had it? I got it when I was uh, probably 14, 13, 14. They were all the rage for a while. Was was that a draw for you to get uh, women? No. It sounded like yeah. it, but it's not. Nobody cared about it. Were they noisy? Yes. Yeah. So yep. when if you were doing it on the bed, would it sound like surf's up? Yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so cool. I kid you not. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Flapping around. And, oh. you could, and at, at points, it felt like it was going to... Like it was going to break. I mean, yeah. all that water is really heavy, and it starts floating around and smacking the side of the frame and all this stuff. You think it's going to uh, just break. I did have that thing rupture eventually. Did you really? Sucked. I was obsessed with getting a waterbed probably around that that age, 14 to maybe through all through high school. I just thought it was the coolest it thing. It sounded cool. Yeah. How easy? So when it when it ruptured, was it? Due to physical activity, or did you simply get a puncture? I, I don't. I don't remember. Because uh, you, I mean, like, to, you like, like to you like sleep with you your sword right away. Because um, there's there's a liner, and it'll catch all that that uh, right. water leaking out. So I remember. Uh, Wait I a second. So the the, the water bed 
sat in a in a, like a box spring that would could could handle not the, even a box spring, just a box, right? A, a wooden box, and, and it would and catch there's a the liner. Water. There's a liner that that and uh, I guess the puncture was underneath it, and um, I remember I guess I was uh, changing the the sheets or something along right. the lines, and I noticed it was wet, and I'm like, oh great! So then you have to drain it, and blah blah blah. I was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> I was so glad when that thing was gone, but I had it for a long long time. But yeah, Steve, it seemed like it, it like ooh, I'm gonna get some chicks, man. Yeah, Tell yeah. Them I got a waterbed. I can't wait to check this cool. out. It's lame. It's terrible. It's like like what you said about being on the beach, Case. Right. It's just, it's, it works against you. It sounds sexier. <laughs> uh, hang on. Let me go to Brian. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Hey. How you doing? You guys rock. Hey! Hey! Rock All right. So roll! you wanted to disagree with the waterbed thing? Yes, I disagree with you, Press. And I find that uh, if you get the right rhythm, it definitely helps with uh, with the act. Let me ask. Yeah, but you know what? I know what you're saying. If if there's a right rhythm, it'll 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 come back to you. The wave goes out, and then it comes push it pushes back to you. Do you have to be a good surfer? But what if you want to stop? What if you want to go at a different <laughs> rhythm? Then you're a slave to that exact same rhythm every time. You know. But if you get it going right, you get a little less energy issues, and you get a little more stamina. Can you adjust the firmness of a waterbed by how much water you put in it? Not a little bit. It, it depends. By it's freezing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, the the technology came along eventually, where you could have a waterbed, and it's not quite like that. But do they I still the sell them? I mean, I is know. it still? I, I don't. I never see them. I um, never see them advertised. There's, there's got to be some place that has it as a niche item. That used to be the the mm-hmm. sex dude's bed, yeah. Yeah, the exactly. waterbed, or the round bed. Oh yeah, that's no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want that. Either. Hefner had remember the famous round bed. What is this? I was just singing a more surfing song. All right, well, anyway, uh, there, there's a few more things on this list that, uh, like tantric sex. I don't know anybody who's ever actually Sting is the that. only one I know uh, who apparently can go for six hours. That is far, far too much sex. And this is, uh, from a woman's perspective, uh, sex with a, a guy who has a large, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. says that's, uh, that's overrated. Stock portfolio. Yeah, a <laughs> man with a large stock portfolio <laughs> is overrated. <laughs> and sex with the legal but young. Oh. That's legal. That's just that's, that's, that's creepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not saying uh, they're just saying somebody who's significantly younger than you and you don't, you know, yeah, you're necessarily run- connect with. Okay, yeah. I got you. They might not um, really have any idea what they're doing. Yet. Like a May December, you know, like a yeah. like a really it's why Cougars a, are a hot. fast age difference. Yeah. All right, anyway, I just thought those were kind of interesting uh uh Things to point out as far as I, I think the list is actually fairly good. Yeah, there it are some good things some on there. Salient advice. But you did say Cougar, and notice that Cougar's not on that list. Yeah, I so mean, Cougars maybe. are sexy. Mm-hmm. I think this is more from a woman's perspective. But, oh. but And that's why I think the sex with the illegal, but uh, re- it says here, right, I don't really right. understand old guys with hot young girls, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's what it literally says. <laughs> they just wrote blah, blah, blah. blah. Yep. Yeah. That's a lazy writer. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> <laughs> What's new? Glad you asked. Rival Sons. Godsmack. The Revivalists. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. There's a movie coming out. It's going to be officially premiering nationwide on the 7th. The red carpet event 
As Steve got dressed to the nines last night to go to. I had to. my finest McGurk's t-shirt on. Yeah. Uh, was, uh, was last night at the Prince Theater, and a uh, great response from what we've heard so far. It's called The Words, and we want to welcome three guys who are responsible for this film. Please welcome Brian Klugman, Lee Sternthal, and Bradley Cooper. Yeah. How you guys doing? Great. Thanks for having us. No problem, man. Good to see you back here again, Brad. Oh, I love being back here. And listen, I have not met uh, Brian and Lee, and i got to geek out for a moment. You guys were responsible for Tron. Uh, uh, we were two Tron. of the writers on Tron, yeah, Tron, like at, the at the beginning. beginning, yeah. I loved it. Uh, loved it. I was a total Tron geek. From, us too, man. Yeah. Us too. When we first we came were, out. Oh, look at that. I, I tried. Look at yes, that up yeah. there behind you. Yeah, we have our you logo. You guys are yeah. nerds, huh? Yeah, you are. Total nerds. <laughs> Wait, what did you think about the ending of it? You liked it all the way to the end? Yeah, yeah. You did? I did. I liked it all the way to the end. Wait. I mean, I... Yeah, I thought it was... Uh, That's all us. Okay. <laughs> that was all you? <laughs> but the battle, the battle between young and old bridges on the, yeah. on the bridge. Yeah, you know what, though, though, Bradley, it's the one thing. They, they, as good as they get, they're right there with that CGI. There's still a little right. bit of doll-like quality. I was amazed with how good they nailed it. It's very close. Would you say that, in effect, The Words is the unofficial sequel to Tron Legacy? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very, much so. very, very and While we were shooting it, I kept saying, I was like, guys, guys, we're doing Tron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one wants to say anything, but we're doing Tron. <laughs> the light racers yeah. it's the same thing it was well, the logical next step after tron yeah exactly well steve got to see the words last night and he was he was i loved it describing the the, the concept and, and i've always dug the story within a story uh we took it one step further depiction. yes you did from what i understand <laughs> Another story. and uh and we're and, gonna blow your mind <laughs> that's are there times where you can almost kind of write yourself into a corner and you're like yes. how are we gonna get out of this you know yes yeah yeah actually you're you're trying to write yourself into a corner okay. i mean that's part of the fun of it you know you get into the corner and then you try to get out Basically, well, they, so, so there was so much visceral about this that sort of spoke to me on a couple of different levels. A story within a story within a story, uh, and, and there are a couple of issues that that were addressed. That um, it has to do with the art of writing, and 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 there's something that we've been talking about lately that you sort of come to terms with in the movie, which is sometimes you find out in life that what you thought you'd be good at, you're not going to be that good at it. And and in fact, um, uh, you you play Rory uh, Bradley, who is uh, you know one of, in, in one of the stories, and your dad basically says. You know, it, an adult sometimes can assess themselves and realize, I'm, I wasn't cut out for this, or I'm not that good at yeah, this. Yeah, you got to know your limitations. Because we see all these shows and these talent and these, the voice and all this stuff, and there's so many people who suck, and they don't get it. You know, no one's telling them. Everyone's telling them, yeah, you can do it. You do it. Sometimes you can't do it, you know? And it was, it was, it was a wild thing. How long... That, that, that speech actually from the father. That's actually my father. Is that really? <laughs> you know, it's I think that's a lot of people's father. I think that's all of our fathers. Yeah, you got that yeah. speech. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. father. I, whatever I did was great, though. I got the opposite. Yeah, you know, I gotta say, my pop too was always for every, except for when I went to grad school and it looked at how much that was going to cost. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you can't do this. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like, good are. luck. Good luck. Nah, as, yeah. as a dad, sometimes I think you you want to prepare someone for the possibility that you might not reach that goal and don't be too disappointed at that. Yeah. Fact that and I do happens. think it's an East coast thing too. Honestly, there's something about like the practical side of, uh, of the male mentality. I know I grew up all the, it was just, you know, just be practical. Yeah. Don't, 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 they you call, know, well, like your, your character is, uh, you know, your dad says it wouldn't hurt if you're writing and you have a job too at the exactly. same point mm -hmm. to, to sort of to pay for things. And that is, that is a practical edge yeah. to it. When you go into the, the entertainment business, everyone says to you, you have to have a, a backup, <laughs> yeah. a backup plan. A you got a radio yeah. voice, bro. 
Yeah, good he does. Morning. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Now you know what I have a friend. He he lives in L.A. right now, and uh, and it's funny because I feel like he looks like a uh, he looks like you, Bradley. He's just a little bit shorter and a lot gayer, and uh, and so <laughs> so and I'm like, well, that that Is kind that of possible. <laughs> Wow. wow, that's a whole new angle I'm not entertaining. It's kind of a shame. Because when he told Thank me... Thank you for the breaking story. When he said he was going Can out I to use LA... my radio voice to announce it? <laughs> Apparently the words are gay. Yeah. No, but when he moved out there, I was jealous of, of his... Um, initiative to just go out there and, and take the plunge and, and courage, and, probably and courage, to yeah. just say, I'm going to try it. Well, this guy, let me tell you, this guy is the guy who did it. He dropped out of school. He got into Carnegie Mellon, which is a great acting school. One right. of the first guys to get into out of high school. They picked like two guys. He was there for a year, dropped out, moved to LA. And, you know, I'm in my second year of college, and Brian Klugman's out in Los Angeles, you know, trying to make it happen. Well, just to clarify, uh, Lee and Brian, you wrote this, the script and co-direct, correct? That is correct, yeah. Right. And, and, uh, um, and Bradley, you're executive producer? Correct, Okay. Yeah. Uh, when, when, you're, when you're doing that, when you're working on a film and you have two directors, and you, you both obviously have a, a similar voice because you wrote the script, does one handle the more visual and the other the more visceral, or are you both well, on a par with everything? What we like to do is uh, Brian will walk. Another radio voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a totally different kind of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like WWDB. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brian will walk up to the actors and give them one direction, then I'll walk up and give them another, and then we'll just wait to see what happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Carnegie, Carnegie Mail in my ass. You guys have been friends forever, you know, since 10 or 11? Uh, yeah. 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 And, and um, how long, uh, for, for Lee and Brian, how long did you have the script done before you went to Bradley and said, I'd like to work with you on this? Long uh, time. Long time. We wrote, <laughs> really long time. We wrote the script in uh, 1999, the first draft, and uh, wow. we tried to put it together for a long time. And uh, about four years ago, we came to Bradley with the uh, with the script. He was actually at the first reading ever of of the project. Yeah, I just moved out to LA, sleeping on his couch, and uh, they were very excited because they got a great a great group of people to do the reading. Jack Klugman read the old man role. Philly, Jeremy oh Irons wow! Role. Yeah, and he was he killed it. So like, how good of friends are you? Was it, Bradley, will you do this movie? Or, okay, here's your next movie that I you're going to do. I tell him uh, I make all his decisions for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, so but the truth is, he, he's like my best friend. And uh, we, we've talked to each other out of so many moments in Los Angeles of quitting. And, uh, you know, it, so we talk like four times a day every day. So I always knew what was happening with the project. And then, like, the four years ago, they decided to direct it themselves. They wanted to try to do that. And then, uh, and then, then we, we just knew we needed somebody famous. Who would Suffer through that. You do. You do have yeah. a, a great cast. You have Zoe uh, Zaldana, who's who's fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Dennis Quaid, yeah. Olivia Wilde, uh, Jeremy Irons. Who, oh. man, that mm. guy. That guy's mesmerizing. You want to talk a, about a radio voice? A yeah. large portion of the movie, it, a, a good chunk of it, is he's recounting. I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but uh, he's recounting a story. And you're acting. You're sitting on a park bench, looking at him. I was wondering as he's going on with that great voice. And this is Jeremy Irons. Do you have to say, "Oh my Christ, I'm acting. I got to remember to respond to this." I mean, we were that we were like kids at a candy store because Brian. Because you have to understand, at the same time, my best friend is directing him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh my God. So he yeah. would like run over to me in between takes, and all we would really this talk is Klaus about Klaus von Bülow sitting there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's wild. Yeah. So, so but hey, to- he's incredible though in the movie, Jeremy. I mean, he. Uh- that scene is a, a scene that basically sits there at a park bench and a conversation goes on for a while, but it's like it feels <gasps> like it's it feels like it's energized. It feels like they're an action movie almost in some level. There's can, so much yeah. energy in it. I can tell people categorically because this is this is it's a, it's a quieter film, but you never you never look at your watch. It, it, you're you're caught up in the story, and it, it has 
there, there are many different levels to it. Uh, you know, as Preston was talking about, when you have story within a story within a story, how do you keep track? Mm-hmm. I mean, your continuity director must have hung yeah. himself yeah, I or mean, herself. I, you, do, you, do a, you do a lot of work beforehand. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of preparation beforehand to make sure that everything's tracking. Like and we that. shot it in 25 days, which is insane, no for way. $6 million. Wow. So, I mean, it was like, it was crazy. There was no time for anything. Yeah. How about that cast, huh? Hey, the, the, the cast crazy. is pretty awesome. And you also had uh, Michael McKeon, a little... Oh, little yeah. Quick, oh, quick. yeah. Oh, yeah. David St. Hubbins. Yeah. 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 Wait, <laughs> I can't believe you got it done in 25 days. It was crazy. That's how we roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Take it easy. I'll tell you what, though. Mr. Uh, Mr. One Movie. <laughs> wow. Now, now you see where the pecking order is. Uh, it's ve- it's a beautifully done. Visually, it looks. I mean, it looks. It's it's almost sort of an homage to romantic movies. Yeah. It's very and romantic. And it's a great score too. Yeah. Oh, I love the score. Yeah. Uh, I, no one, one else. No. Okay. One <laughs> way. That just died. One one thing that's uh, uh, that's uh, um, I love about it too is that you the you know, I did stand up for years and one time I went into a club and there was a guy who was doing material he had stolen from me, and and you, your character liberates this uh, this. This trans, this uh, this uh, uh, novel, yeah. right? Manuscript, and basically just copies it verbatim and gets all the the credit for it. And and your the the movie is also it's romantic, but it's about the I guess the choices you make and having to live with the repercussions of That's those right. choices. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. And and it's uh, and it's uncomfortable to watch someone go through what you're going through. Was did you have anything you drew upon personally that? For sure. I mean, yeah, I like made that. a lot of bad choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and dealt with a lot of rejection. Um, so yeah, it was it was easy to relate to. To it. tap into uh, that, yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, not. I mean, the one thing that I didn't relate to. I've, I've, I'm like many of us. We love the experience of of creation, right? And he, that's what he robbed himself of. The major thing. But I'm so glad you said that because what I loved about the script was it's not so simple. It's not an ambitious guy who will do anything to get to the top. No, it's not that at all. It's a guy who's actually a talented writer who's just impatient, and his wife looks at him for the first time the way he's always wanted her to, and he's just not man enough to say that's not me. And he falls into this pit, and then he's got to get him sure, out. Sure, then it snowballs. Every one of us could be in that situation, and you have somebody, a loving wife, look at you. I, I won't mean, go into the specifics, but we all know we could fall prey yeah. to that. Yeah, and that's what makes it human. Well, I want to ask you about being patient then, because with you guys, with a, a script that you've been sitting on since 99, like I love the, the HBO show uh, Project Greenlight. I thought it was a fascinating look yeah. into how a movie gets made or doesn't get made. Yeah. And, and so when did you guys shoot this, and... And, and once you got Bradley on board, or even before, like how difficult was it to get everything done that you needed to get done? And then obviously you had to shoot it in twenty five days. Uh, difficult. Yeah, it's not easy. Right? Yeah. It's hard to make it. Well, there's make that's the shortest easy. Project Greenlight in history. <laughs> <laughs> we shot it last summer in Montreal, which was great that we found Montreal because Montreal mimicked you know Philadelphia, New York, Paris in the forties. It was in Paris know. present day. We had to do all of it uh, in twenty five days, so we shot it in Montreal. Gave us everything we needed. Awesome. As uh, you guys writing the script, you're going. You're dealing with someone who's you know liberated s- stuff, and, and I mean, uh, writer's block ever an issue for you guys? Do you? I mean, do you sit there and, and look at the? Because to me, that that has to be such a daunting thing. If you're a novelist, to look at the the computer and go, I've got nothing. Yes, writer. I think. Block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I th- yeah, you know, you're. I, I think you try not to think of it that way, right? You know, you just try to think that you're. When you can write, you write, and when you can't, you know, you steal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have Good, a. They, what's, that, yeah. what's that quote? Good artists copy. Uh, great yeah. artists steal. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs responded that yeah. one. Yeah. I have a quick question, just about your long-term friendship, because I, I um, too have decades-old friendships, and I hold a, a lot of stock in them, and I too. 
I'm an average-looking guy, uh, and I have really, <laughs> That's a really, really good-looking best friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, how, so, you know, uh, so yeah. what are you doing, Bradley? So my, I'm the good-looking good one. So now, yeah. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. This guy's a stone-cold killer. Is he yeah. really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always like, oh, who's your friend over there? No, yeah. no, he's uh, no, he always wins out. Honestly, <laughs> does he open them. with uh, "My great uncle was Quincy"? Oh, yeah, it's a killer. It's a killer with the under twenty-five set. Nick at night I loved your great uncle, man. Uh, the, by the way, you you you're in the film. You have a little little cameo. I do, and yeah. so does Lee. He's got a couple yeah. of cameos. And my in mother, my mother's in it, and Bradley's yeah. mother is in the movie. Where's where does your mother pop up? She's when they do the cheers. With J.K. Simmons, I don't oh, know if you remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's she plays the mom. J.K. Simmons is he's awesome, great, by the way, he? and one and what a good dad. He's he's yeah. uh, he played Jameson Parker in the uh, Spider-Man of movie and yeah, yeah. Uh, he's awesome. old Juno. I, I know these guys have to move along, but I don't. I try not to get into your personal life, Bradley. But I do have. Why one not? Question. Let's talk about. It. I saw this. <laughs> I was like, when are we going to start talking about my personal? Well, life? I need to see if this odd fact about you is true or not. Do you wear a size fourteen shoe? Um. Yeah. Pretty much. God. Damn, if you Dear look Lord. good, speak French, and have a huge dong, I'm gonna blow <laughs> my goddamn brains out. Are you kidding me? I was just gonna ask how hard it is for him to get shoes. Cause yeah. They, 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 hey. Oh, hey, it. Bradley. Leave something for us, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Hey, and as if he, it doesn't get any better than Bradley Cooper, I saw on live yesterday with Kelly. I think it was yesterday. You rescued a dog that has no teeth. Is that right? Oh, Charlotte. Yeah. Your... Did I show that she had no teeth? You well, I think you, you said so something. Nervous. No. <laughs> but like, that, that was the dog really on the street? And you yeah, just she rescued was. Her well, off? no. Uh, this uh, website, MuchLove.com, MuchLoveDog.com, they rescue the dogs, and then they have these things like on streets every weekend in, in like Santa Monica. So I found her there. But yeah, they found her in the streets of Compton. Yeah. You yeah. love you love this so dog. Cute. I was, I was oh, yes. reading about yeah. Yeah. And the, the rescue stuff. Too that's, much, really. I love it. <laughs> it's a little sad. In, in, a, in an ungodly way. Yeah. Uh, I think the Bible specifically forbids it. But yeah. Well, that's up to interpretation. <laughs> well, listen, gang, the words is going to be opening. they do the photo. <laughs> oh, there it is. Now yeah. it has such a weird, weird... I don't angle. like it. It's bad timing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the words is going to be opening on uh, September 7th. And, uh, you know, Steve, you said it's a, it's a I love it. Film. I mean, it's yeah. it, you know, if, if you if you uh, want to take a break from explosions and, uh, and a lot of stuff, and, and it's it's it's... I don't want to say a chick flick. It's not a chick flick. There, there's, there's a lot going on. You have Olivia Wilde in it for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, so come on, that alone is is good reason to see it. But I, the, the, the story, the dialogue, it moved. I loved it. It's it, terribly it, it, romantic. It too, is in, yeah. in like a cool way. Awesome. And if you have a good uh, T-shirt on, and you, you know, <laughs> Steve's still embarrassed about I his dress. I felt like a total. I thought, you, I, thought, I thought you looked nice. Last Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I had some weird bomber jacket on, and it was like eighty degrees. <laughs> yes. but you can yeah. do that. You can you're do that. The, I don't know. Like, you're, you're the re- star of the movie. Yeah. It's okay. If you're you in the goddamn movie. Uh, I thought you looked terrible. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, well, Bradley, we're, we're still very Philadelphia is very proud of you, obviously, and, and we appreciate you coming by here for a few minutes. Oh, this is, we're looking at the picture yeah, of Casey. Last time Bradley was here. That's what I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You see that, Clark? That's unbelievable. Uh, But uh, thank you guys, and and, uh, Lee and Brian, (laughs) best of luck. Thanks. We appreciate it, guys. Give some love to him, everybody. Brian Bradley, we appreciate it. And look for the words, like I said, coming out in September. So funny to walk down the halls. After the sexiest man alive, yeah, uh, is uh, is in the studio. See the um, dress up factor and the uh, yeah. ladies, <laughs> yep, that you never even see in the building. All of a sudden, and I, he- hearing things like, uh, I mean, literally, I hear. Uh, so, you know, he walk right. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! You know, I mean, like that type <laughs> He's so of super hot. That, <laughs> He's that, so 
That was me rounding the corner. Oh, yeah. and it was Steve oh and his McGurk's tea. Listen, Kathy had dreams about him last night. Did you? I, yeah. I did. I had like a radio dream about okay. him and um, Preston. When what you was were, he doing with that radio? Well, no, when you were bringing him on, um, I was, I was, I said, um, what, oh, what was it, Casey? I said, oh, uh, and the two magic words, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> that's that, what I said. No, that's what I like. You oh. were introing him, and and I like cut in, and I said that, and I think, and like I woke up, and I was like, oh God, please tell me that didn't happen. <laughs> no, because I would have hit you with my chair. Oh, could you? Yeah, I, yeah. But I mean, you would have wanted me to. But, but that's that is not something I would ever no, do. So no. when I woke up, I was like, wait, okay, it didn't happen. He didn't come in yet. He's coming in today. Yeah. And Casey's like, you have to say that. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm not like you. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to tell him my story. Like you. You're not awesome. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Tell you what, nice guy. He's so yeah. nice. Genuine he's so guy. No, yeah, stop that. Just a nice dude, and uh, I appreciate that. You know, I mean, because. It's so easy for somebody to go off on an ego, and you you just don't get it from them. Well, you watch uh, Lee and Brian too. These guys are yeah. uh, they they write the hell out of a script, and uh, the movie's directed brilliantly. And and um, it's cool that they're from the area. Yeah, you yeah. guys got bro hugs on the way out too. Did I did. I got hug. I got I got double bro hugs from you? Bradley Cooper. He said that you're far prettier than Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> he said that. Yeah, he said, son yeah. of a bitch. No, you know what he did say? He said, uh, "I'll be back in November." Oh, cool. He said, I'll come back by in November because he's got another movie he'll be promoting. So that's good. We're back to being BFF now. Yeah. Yep. We never stop being BFF. <laughs> he the, the, the trick is, is his that schedule's busy. We got to make sure we, we edge out a big chunk of time. You know, between the time he's doing a, an interview with Highlights Magazine and uh, Town Talk, if we can squirrel away a couple extra minutes and, and spend some quality time with Bradley, uh, that's what we'll do. I think well, that- when 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 the promo train is underway, it's hard for anybody to get it's a certain hard. amount of time because they really they're trying to spread the word and they're trying to get the the movie marketed. And uh, when things slow down a little bit, it's a little easier to. Spend it, some it's time. true. It's true. And and it's it's definitely a movie you should check out. You'll definitely enjoy, it, especially if you are if you have any bit of romance to you. Man, we tried so hard for camp out last year to get him to come. Yeah. I bet you, had he been in the area uh, with some time available, he would have done it. He just said he's coming back in November. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's when camp out. All right, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing? Bizarre file. We Let's... sound like uh, you with, uh... <laughs> who was the, uh, we have the, the, the occupier of a brain fart that you're oh, love with. Yes, Lindros. We veered into that territory. <laughs> we want you we want back, back in Philly. We want you back in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Should we play that again? Can we hear that? Yes. Do we have to? Yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Can we hear that? I don't know If what you it's... want to hear a man crush to the 10th level. I, but I'm, I'm going to play it. I know. I'm, I'm going to play it. <laughs> But I just want to say that uh, this is how I sounded, but uh, never mind. <laughs> what were you going to say? That it was chopped together to, to exaggerate. Yeah. No, I was not. It's edited. Yeah. No, I was I was going to implicate Nick McElwain. Uh, <gasps> because he he was the one, after I said all this stuff, Nick followed him around and, and had dinners with him and, and drinks with him. And True. Followed, and followed him all around town. He was a little um, more jock sniffy than Casey. Was. Uh, not followed, was invited by right. Eric to attend certain dinners. The reason that up. your head ended up in his pants was purely coincidental. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm texting him right now. But we'll forever have this. You have his phone number too? His phone? <laughs> oh, man. I never thought Eric Lindros would be calling my phone. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I have to apologize. 
apologize to Eric because um, we're kind of around the same age, so uh, I don't know what it was, but uh, you know, I, I sort of fell in love with you a little bit in a totally gay way. Uh, I don't know. You, you do that to guys, Eric. You do it to dudes, man. I don't know what just happened here, but it was uncomfortable. Uh, geez, these things happen. Oh, I mean, that's inevitable. Yeah. They're going to happen, and um, you know, there are some some ways to uh, to possibly. Uh, uh, stay away from, uh, from from them occurring, but they will occur from time to time. So you're you're in Toronto now? Yeah, yeah. We want you back here in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Casey just shot himself. <laughs> oh well, we'll there you go back in Philly. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. We'll begin with this. A Chin woman mistook a subway entrance for an underground parking garage, and her vehicle got stuck on the stairs leading down to the subway. Awesome. The 52-year-old drove her Volkswagen Beetle across the pavement in central Dusseldorf and into an entrance where it ground to a halt about five steps down. Police estimated the damage to be about $2,000 in the incident. Police in Ontario are looking for a man who allegedly approached women and asked them to kick him in the groin. Three women reported similar incidents to police, and two of the women reported the suspect was on a bicycle. The various incidents allegedly occurred over the last two months. The suspect is described as white in his early 20s with a brown goatee and a large gap between his front teeth. Boozy, boozy, Dave! Yeah! He's out of work. Uh, none, of these, none of the women reported injuries. Uh, this is great. German police stage a major operation to find a kidnapped child after a woman spotted a young boy being locked into a car trunk. The panicked woman alerted authorities as the car drove off and police set up roadblocks and dispatched patrol cars to intercept the vehicle. Yeah, assistance on this case. <laughs> but listen, but when the car was finally sighted, uh, who, who are you? sighted and stopped, Police found the boy was actually a dwarf car mechanic named <laughs> oh, Klaus Shorty Mueller. Oh my god! Uh, he had climbed. Yeah, that's my name. He had actually climbed in the trunk and asked to be driven around so he could see where a strange rattling noise had been coming from. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Police confirmed that a woman had uh, called after she looked out yeah, her got her, a midget in my trunk uh, out her apartment window and saw a child in the trunk <laughs> just before the driver slammed it shut and drove off. You know what I'm saying? Police said the mini mechanic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, midget in my trunk. The police said the mini mechanic had often used the same method to solve the problem and had uh, found it the best way to detect the source of strange noises. So, I'm going to get in your muffler and see where that sound's coming from. That is his uh, regular deal. <laughs> How about this? Another German, a German... Oh, yeah! a, a German bricklayer... In Germany, yeah? ...who accused his girlfriend of liking her pet guinea pig more than him... You like that pig more than me. ...killed the pet. It's a guinea pig. Killed the pet and turned it into a romantic dinner for oh! two. Oh, my God. 
Laura Hockner only found out uh, what had happened when she went to her be- went to her beloved pet Rudy after the candlelit meal to make sure he had enough food and water. What a sick bastard! When she realized he was not there, the 29 year old boyfriend uh, Wern- uh, Werner Brenner yeah. admitted that <laughs> 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 the goddamn guinea pig molding me. I'll get you. That the couple had just eaten the animal. He said, yeah, hey, "Eat up, it's good, yeah." <laughs> she said. Or he said she lavished more love on her pet than me in the three years that we were together. So it's the guinea pig's fault, right? And we were always fighting about the noise that damn thing made at night. So when uh, Laura was at work, he had the day off. Uh, Werner killed Rudy with a hammer, disemboweled him, Mm. fried him, and served him for dinner. That's that's, that's serial killer level. That's a surefire way to get her back, right? Laura has uh, now moved out of their shared home and lives with her parents and has uh, started court action against her now ex-boy. Boyfriend. Uh, then one more quick story, and then we'll uh, get moving on. A manager at a fast food restaurant was shot several times in the arm early Tuesday trying trying to protect the chili sauce. No! <laughs> he was trying to protect the chili sauce. A man in... A man in the uh, Wendy's drive-thru argued no, with an employee. It's too late for me. Did the sauce make it? Uh, with an employee because he yeah, wanted it. Yeah, man. The sauce made it. <laughs> uh, the, the man, a man in the Wendy's drive-thru argued with an employee because he wanted more of, Why? The, of the condiment. Uh, the worker told the customer that the restaurant policy prohibited a customer from getting more than three packets. How are, how are the apple pies? <laughs> we got them all out, man. They all say, man, you're a hero. The man <laughs> insisted on uh, 10, and the employee complied, but police said the customer wanted even more. The manager came Wait, out. We, we can make more. The manager came out to speak to the man. Uh, the customer then shot the manager. Oh, Jesus. Come on. You are not getting the paper hat. Uh, it was uh, taken to a hospital with injuries that were not life-threatening. Well, someone's not getting a Shrek 3 collectible figure. <laughs> the customer fled in his vehicle with a female passenger. That's McDonald's, not Wendy's. But they said the company policy is to only give two packets. and if three. they Or three packets. Yeah. And if they ask for more, they can't give it to them. <laughs> yeah, it's not exactly. McDonald's case. No, it was Wendy's. No, no, he, he was saying the Shrek collectibles. Oh. He added something unnecessary about the, the fact that uh, they're available at McDonald's. It made the joke better. Yes, it did. Since McDonald's is the official sponsor of the uh, Preston Steve show, I thought it would be appropriate. It is true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every joke is always made better by Stone Cold Facts. What's new? Glad you asked. Thrice. Shine now. Everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. A trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Well, Paris Hilton made her first performance as a DJ during a concert in Brazil over the weekend. Hilton apparently worked the partying crowd into a mad frenzy with them chanting, Please go home. (laughs) Oh, my God. Porn legend Jenna Jameson was officially charged with DUI after smashing into a pole last month in Orange County. Ironically, Jameson considered the accident sweet revenge for all the times poles had been smashed into her. And finally, infamous Long Island Lolita Amy Fisher is buying a brand new home in Florida priced at just over a million dollars. 
Said Fisher, quote, I never take my good fortune for granted, and I realize I would have none of this without attempted murder and stripping. Wow. And that's your Hollywood trash. Where's she gotten all her money from? Uh, porn. She's done a little bit of porn. She's yeah, I know, but she's, she's, how, how much was that house? Uh, just over a million. Dear Lord. Celebrity yeah. boxing. Yeah. Well, she's I'd... done, she's, you know, she's. She works like the Damon Fellman type stuff. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's a lot of money. I didn't I know. know she was making that much money. Steve forwarded me this story. Uh, very wild. Uh, but apparently, Stephen Hawking, you know, the physicist, the uh, genius that he is. Yes. Uh, is One re- of the great thinkers of all time. Is reportedly a regular at Freedom Acres, which is a sex club in California. <gasps> He goes like a swingers club. No, like like a uh, like a well, like a brothel, right? Yeah, well, or like, maybe it's like a strip club. It's like anything goes in California. Yeah, it, in it's California. more like a strip club. Yeah, but, because but that's you, illegal, right? But you can, yeah. But I'm, I think. You know, well, Casey, you know, like the Philly Jacks Club. Yeah. I don't know that that's allowed. But it, it, well, because you're not paying for that, you're not paying for the service. You can get. it. Yeah. I don't know Listen, what he's doing. If the club, right. here's how it works. At least in California, if the club. <laughs> And this is how they get away with the sex. If the club caters specifically to physicists, yes. then yeah. they can do it. Well, I think yeah. this, is, this is like a strip club, sort of. But anyhow, it says a member of the club says that Hawking shows up with a harem of nurses and assistants. Oh my God. And has naked women grind on him. This has been reported by a number of different sources. So this isn't just like a, a um, you know, hearsay. The word is he shows up and sort of takes control of the place, comes in. I mean, this guy. And God bless him, you know, for, for what he's able to do. But in his decidedly vegetative state, right. is doing. I mean, he he was cheating on his first wife with another woman. Yeah. The way he is, the way you see him. All I know. How is, do you do that? I saw a picture, and I I thought it was photoshopped. It looks so ridiculous. But he but he does it, and he's a horn dog. Yeah. Was it a picture of? It's a picture of him sitting in like a chaise lounge with two chicks in bikinis right next to him. Nice. Yeah. That's probably at the place. Uh, wow. Even though he's wheelchair bound, it says the physicist still gets down with the ladies as his staff watches over him. Uh, and Stephen isn't ashamed or abashed. He even uh, takes time to pose for pics. Apparently. Is that wild? And, uh, and they, how funny. You know what? They say the, his clothes stay on. The word was that Einstein was was a, um, a poontang king yeah. and that he had slept with Marilyn Monroe. Einstein what? did? Einstein. I Where did never you hear that? that? That's the wild. word is that Einstein slept with Marilyn Monroe. It, it's considered Hollywood lore. Well, she was really into, like, smart, smart guys. Yeah, okay. Uh, she, she, uh, Arthur Norman. Miller. Yeah. Uh, who wrote uh, 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 Death of a Salesman. Yeah. So yeah, she did like the brainier types. Well, apparently this is uh, this is Stephen Hawking's thing. We have some audio. I'd love to hear it. Now, what I, is this? It, up? It's a little arcane. It's it's him at the club. I don't know how we got this, but okay. you can you can kind of hear it. Let's see. Let's see if this will work. Why do they always talk about their kids? What a boner killer! <laughs> wow. Why do they always talk about their kids? What a boner killer! <laughs> I didn't think you said kids. Yeah, I know. I couldn't quite tell what that was. Oh no, you, you know, you know how the the equipment's inaccurate. Uh, yeah, it, it almost sounds like someone just wrote this down on a Mac and is using the speech to thing, <laughs> which is. But I got another one here. Just give me a second. You know, it's it's hard because these clips are. All right, all right. Here we go. Here's another one. This is him at the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're only doing this to put yourself through college. No, show me your muff. <laughs> 
Huh, he's a little vulgar. <laughs> yeah. He is. Yeah. Well, yeah, listen, he's at a gentleman's club. You're, You're right. supposed to sort of talk like You're that. Yeah, you got to play the game. Yeah. To put See, yourself through college, now show me your muff. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want a few more? Yeah. Right. Sure. I mean, you know, these, these clips came kind of raw, <laughs> is the story I'm going with. <laughs> hey, baby, if you give me a handy, I will get you handicapped parking. <laughs> <laughs> If you get me a handy, I'll get you handicap parking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, right. he's, he's bartering, I mean, and that's what you He knows do. how to work it. Yep. Yeah, sure. He's Who smart. Who is your daddy bitch? Can he drool like me? <laughs> Who is your daddy bitch? Can he drool like me? Oh. Wow. All right, we got some more. If yeah, you're, you're, I want to hear, hear, hear them all. All right, they're, they're all keepers. All right, here we go. Oh, yes. Take my hand and slap your ass, you filthy, <laughs> slutty whore. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take my... Take my hand and, and slap, slap your, your ass. ass, you filthy, slutty whore. He can't do it. Uh -uh. He can. You want another? Yep. Yeah. All right. You got two more left here. All right. All right. Right from Stephen Hawking himself. Whoa. Time out, Trixie. Daddy just made a boom boom in his pants. <laughs> Time out, Trixie. Daddy just made a boom boom in his pants. He's got issues, you know, medical sure, issues. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this is the last one. Physically. He's, uh, obviously, yeah. he lets his hair down, so to speak, because he does get a little vulgar. Mm. Holy crap. Your cooter smells like a slaughterhouse. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> Holy crap, your cooter smells like a slaughterhouse. But but he, um, <laughs> you know, this, this is something that we've heard for a long time. The whole yeah. initial thing of him, he's cheating with the nurse. Yeah. And the wife... You know, how do you do that? Just logistically. That well, I guess you'd have to be brilliant. Right, right. You'd have to be that brilliant to pull that off. All right. He wasn't always in the wheelchair, right? No, but for the most of his life. How old is he now? He, he got he he got uh, the disease when he was in college. Okay. And th did it just quickly take it, hold? It, it, it slowly. Pretty okay. well. It, uh, he, when was he completely wheelchair bound? For the time that he got it. Oh, I'm not sure. But it came along where he had, he could speak for a long time, and it, it slowly uh, started to affect him. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually he got to where he couldn't speak at all, and then that's where he got the uh, uh, the software and the computer hookup and all that stuff to use it. But I remember seeing old footage of him uh, teaching a class, and he seemed, you know, incapacitated. And when he would speak, it literally it sounded like this. Oh, yeah. But all his students knew him so well that they, they could understand, they could understand him. No like you could, it literally sounded just like grunting and moaning, oh but they could understand exactly what he was saying. Wow. Well, he's a brilliant mind. He and did the uh, the vomit comment too, right? He yes, did. he yeah. did, yeah. Loves the ladies. Maybe he'll take some... I mean, that'd be the place to have some strippers with him. If you're up in the vomit <laughs> comment, he could move around I mean, all he wants. No, he couldn't. What they were doing is they were actually pushing him back and forth because he has, I think, the only mobility or, or the only thing he's really that capable of moving... Are his eyes, and that's how he speaks. He looks at the letters, yes, wow. and the computer identifies what he's looking at, and that's how he speaks. Yeah, puts together like their series of phrases and stuff like that. But apparently, he's out, uh, he's out getting some, or at least whatever he at can get at the strip club. Well, good for him. Go ahead, horn dog. Did you guys see uh, Ben and Jerry is removing the fortune cookies from its new limited edition ice cream inspired by New York Knicks sensation Jeremy Lin? <laughs> they had fortune cookies inside. What? what because of racism? Uh, yeah. It says yeah. The, the flavor called Taste the Lin Sanity. Originally, it was made up of uh, vanilla frozen yogurt, honey swirls, and fortune cookie pieces. <laughs> But the fortune cookies will now be replaced with waffle cone pieces. So I mean, really, I mean, 
Are we being a little overly sensitive about no, his heritage? No, it's kind of dumb that they put in Of course it's dumb, but, but who cares? It's ice cream, and the dude's Asian, and guess what? Some Asian people eat fortune cookies. Mm-hmm. So do Americans. But you, you know what's going to... You know. Sure. You, oh, I get it. And I, I agree with you 100%, but the truth of the matter is everyone has got a huge stick up their well, ass. He's, he's, he's Taiwanese, right? Uh, he's Taiwanese-American, and he's he, he's Christian, and he went to Harvard, and, and he's a good basketball player. But this is not like what ESPN did, which I think, was, was post uh, something that said, there was quote, a, a chink in the armor. Right. That's a that's a derogatory term. Right. Fortune cookies are a delicious treat and they belong <laughs> My in kids ice love cream. them, man. Yeah, Here, here's what I would say. Oh. Ben and Jerry should have done the thing of go to him and say ask. Ask him before you release yeah, right. fortune cookie and look, <laughs> the eyes on it are slanted. Yeah. <laughs> just I mean, for you. Just to cover your ass if he comes out and says cuz I do. I agree. I love fortune cookies. <laughs> Well, how, by the way, how come they don't make larger fortune cookies? I would agree with that. I think mean, they're too goddamn small. Yeah, yeah, they are tiny. Do you know that? Do you know that the flavor behind them? I think you got to eat a hundred of them. It's a, it's a lemon flavor. Yeah, yeah. is it really? Yeah, no. I never really noticed that until I saw really a little documentary on how they make <laughs> fortune cookies. And a fortune cookie is made from a lemon derivative. <laughs> now we go over to taffy. <laughs> Are they uh, even Chinese in the origin? Or well, that's what American? I was they're wondering. Polish. Yeah. Are they Polish? They're pierogies. They were, they're pierogies that were cooked too long. <laughs> pierogies that were cooked too long. <laughs> they don't make them in China. Can we can we send these to China or something? Where, where do they make them? Uh, or where do they originate from? Origin. As far back as the 19th century, a cookie very similar in appearance to the modern fortune cookie was made in Kyoto, Japan. Huh. Uh, apparently, they are absent in China. They're not a part of uh, of Chinese. But you get them Chinese, at Chinese restaurants, right? Traditional Chinese food. That and corned beef and hash. Wow. They do have wings at Chinese restaurants, but I always, I, I like buffalo wings. For, at least buffalo mine. Wings? Yeah, my my Chinese no, restaurant. Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. No, I've I've had like barbecue, but they have actually buffalo wings. I guess uh, buffalo sauce is different than barbecue. No, sauce. you're absolutely right. I know that. Well, I'll now tell you I'm what. Second guessing what I just said. Are we learning here? Yeah. The fortune cookies come from Japan. Yeah. Originally, and Hold then to China. Huh. Marissa has come into the studio. This must be important. She's oh, a no, Chinese chef. I just chef. had something else to say. I thought it was funny. I had a misspelling during my fortune this weekend. What is I can't it read that it's, from It here. says uh, you have the ability to analyze something, any problem, but analyze is A N A L Y S E. Analyze. 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 Any problems? I, really I wonder if anyone spell checks fortune cookies. Well, you know what? Down on Route One here, when I drive home from work, there's this. Um, it's an Indian restaurant, and they're American Indian or American? Okay. No, 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 no. Um, Dots I'm sorry. Feathers. India. Uh, India um, okay. uh, cuisine, and their entire um, awning sign had misspellings all over it. And you're talking thousands of dollars yeah. worth of investment. It said fine dinning. All over it. Like, it said fine yeah, you dinning. Were, you were all over this when you noticed it. I, I, I know. You, for some reason, it didn't quite click it. with you, but they fixed it. Well, which finally. is a better story? I don't know. Mar- Marissa's misspelled fortune cookie <laughs> or your awning. Hmm. Probably the, the awning. awning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that's out for public display. Oh, yeah. I and would it, imagine. That was a private thing between Marissa and her fortune cookie provider. Right. But you go uh, drive down Route 1. They they fixed it. They've gotten patches, and they've patched oh, over the fine dinning. And now it, now it says, says coom in for fine dining. <laughs> <laughs> So anyhow, they're they're going to change the uh, uh, putting the the cookies in there. Hold on a second. Let me, go ahead. Let, me, let me go to Vincent here real quick. Vincent, how you doing, man? I'm good. You guys rock. Thank hey, you, man. What's going on, Vincent? Good, so I just wanted to let uh, you guys know that they actually make a uh, fortune cookie maker. You can buy it like Target. Really? So so hey, uh, that's kind of cool. Can you make a larger fortune cookie? 
I don't know if it's larger, but you can make multiple ones at a time. I wonder if when fortune cookies come out, I've if seen them made. If they're chewy. If they're like um, here's, soft batch. Here's how they're made. It's actually, it's almost like a little pancake. It comes out in just a circle. Really? And it's and it's malleable. It's it's soft and movable. And they have this little thing that they just, basically, you just lay it on and it folds up. And there you go. You get that fortune cookie shape. But so when does the fortune off, go in? Uh, they, they, they just they, set it on top? They set it on top and then they hand fold it. And it's just, it's wow. like, like, if you've been to Annie Ann's and seen how quickly they whip out those pretzels, yeah, yeah. it's like that. It's just bang, 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 one after another. I'm, I'm a wealthy businessman, Preston. Yeah. I don't know if I have time for... To do those yourself? Yeah. yeah. Well, hang on a second. Let me go to Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Good. What's up, Jeff? All right. The fortune cookies actually originated in California in the early 1900s, and they're associated with Japanese restaurants. Then during World War II, nobody wanted to be associated with the Japanese. They switched the cookies over to Chinese restaurants. Okay. Can you you check into that? That that seems to have some some credibility there. But typically, Jeff, then it's considered an American thing then. Yes. They do not have them. I spent time in Taiwan, and they don't know. They call them... um, American cookies. (laughs) Yeah. No, they... they, Good luck cookies is what they call them. Good luck cookies. They don't have them there. Yeah, uh, thanks, by the way. Um, Interesting. And and I'm always... Fortune cookies, they have turned into... Philosophical cookies. Inspirational things. Right. And that's it's not really a fortune as in this will happen to you. Achieve your... With happiness, you can achieve your goals. Yeah. It's not a fortune. A fortune is... you're going to get hit by a bus. Right. It might not be a yeah. good fortune. I'm a fortune teller. Yeah. Right. That, that dark spot in your x-ray is alarming. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a fortune. It's not like happiness will bring you joy. Right. Fold I, your laundry. Right. Really? That's, that's what they've turned into. Yeah. I, you, you will be killed by a bear before 5 o'clock today. Let me go to... Uh... <laughs> oh, my right? God. That is... That's you may fortune. not want your Here's fortune. what's going to happen to you. Yes. Yeah, a discerning fortune cookie eater will know that you're going to get the bad with the good. Let me go to Scott. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. What's up, man? Nothing. Uh, my girlfriend and her parents, uh, they actually own a Chinese restaurant. Yeah? They're in a partnership with it, but they have buffalo wings. They have pizza. They have all kinds of American food there. That's okay. It just, it doesn't taste right, you know? It's not like the normal pizza place that you would go to. Okay. I'll tell you what. I always Thanks, order man. the wrong thing. I'm, I'm always thinking that I'm ordering something else. I, A I Chinese like my, restaurant? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, you know, I like the chicken. I don't know. I, I always order, like, Hunan chicken, but I want to Swedish like, meatballs. Or I'll order, like, a Kung Pao chicken. I don't know. I never know what it is. I do know I do like water chestnuts. And I always <laughs> ask for water chestnuts in my meal. Here comes <laughs> the guy over. He got, like, a crazy thing for water chestnuts. I don't know what the hell is. He's got, like, a, I don't know, he's a very uh, chilling. Yeah. And he always thought it's a Swedish meatball. Yeah. He's kind of a dick. So, uh, <laughs> so you'll you'll look at the at the name on the menu and not really know what it is, and just go ahead and order it. I look for the little chili pepper on the side of it to indicate that it's spicy. Don't, they all, have, you, don't they all have pictures? Can't you just look at the picture? Yeah, and, say all, the picture and the pictures sometimes are of of dishes. Those pictures were taken in 1954. <laughs> I know. Right? I know. Yeah. So Eisenhower was you know, the uh, you run the biggest risk with a with the Chinese menu if you just oh. You, you know, you need, you need to know what you're getting. I used to always get the general so chicken. Because you'll, you'll get a giraffe head in, in right. chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> the hell is this? It's what you, you know, order. You order the giraffe head in your chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's <laughs> right there. It? It's on the menu. Yeah. It's, uh, just, uh, it's, uh, did you see the picture? <laughs> Number 42. What does that look like? It's a giraffe head. And uh, what, that's uh, all the chocolate syrup over here. <laughs> 
I don't like the name of my Chinese restaurant. It's called Garden China. I feel like it should be called China Garden. Well, Country Garden is where I go. It's, really? and that sounds Does nothing a dyslexic guy on like it? a Chinese yeah. uh, restaurant. No, it doesn't. Country Garden, yeah. So, I can't eat Chinese food. What? No, no it scares me. It, it scares Religious me. Religious Oh, because you're afraid it's uh, I don't know what, mystery meat of I, some sort? Not even that. I mean, I don't really think they're using dogs and cats, but <laughs> do you want to know? I don't know. I just don't really like it. Do you want to know how to judge a really good place? I love it. If, the, if the, um, the chicken that they use in their broccoli and chicken is the same chicken they use in their chicken chow mein instead of that rubbery chicken, oh. then that's a good place. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because and, and conversely, if they use the cheap, grisly chicken chow mein chicken in their chicken and broccoli... Wrong. Yeah, anytime I've gone and, and I'll get something kind of grisly, I won't go back to that place no. anymore. In fact, one of the most desperately horrifying bouts of food poisoning I ever had was from a Chinese uh, oh, restaurant. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I had ordered chicken lo mein. They gave me pork lo mein. I ate it anyway. The pork was bad. And oh, Jesus Christ. You know was, what they said? I mean, like, they said, they said we got to get rid of this pork. Yeah. So the next time <laughs> was chicken. Yeah. Chuck this into the dish. And then I opened we up the bag. Stuff. There was a giraffe head in it. Right. <laughs> Kathy, that Chinese food place is across the street from the boathouse in Kanchi. Uh, it's actually there's... pretty good. It's on the corner of, like, I, what is that, I, I don't, first or something I don't like even that? know where the Chinese restaurants she are. She didn't even consider it. No, because I never go there. What's, uh, what's, what's the, the big chain uh, place? Plum oh, Pei Wei. Pei Wei? No, 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 no. Plymouth Meeting Mall. Uh, P.F. Chang's. P.F. Oh, yeah. Chang's. It's the same, oh, yeah. same company. That's where you need to go, Case, because it's been there. described specifically what each dish I'll, is. I'll tell you what's, what is my favorite of, of, that, of that ilk. I like Japanese steakhouses. Okay, oh, yeah. so then I got one for you, uh, and this is a cheap plug. But uh, Margaret Quo has a place in Wayne, and she she's uh, good. And she has uh, downstairs uh, is Japanese, and upstairs is Chinese. So you can take your pick when you go there, and and it's like higher end Chinese, uh, Kathy. So you might actually like that like as well. It. You know, they were viciously warring factions. Are they have they made peace at the restaurant? Well, no. Or are mean, there battles that take place on the stairs? The people that work on the first floor <laughs> never go to the second floor, <laughs> yeah. and the people why are you second, going up there? They got samurai swords and stuff. <laughs> Hang on, let me go to uh, let me go to, to, to uh, Bill. He has a very interesting fortune cookie that he got one time. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man. I was, I was in a Chinese restaurant, and the uh, fortune in my cookie said that wasn't chicken. <laughs> You're lying. Nice. Back to you, Preston. Thank you, Jim. I do there like are, that. Though, Somebody needs to put those in. There are novelty fortunes. There's a company that does make novelty yeah. fortunes. Oh, yeah? In okay. fact, that's exactly what uh, Helen wants to talk about. Helen, how you doing? Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Helen? Hey. Colleen and uh, yeah, I bought my friends, all the ones that I love, misfortunate fortune cookies for Christmas. And you, they're bigger than normal fortune cookies. And when you open them up, the one said, "You dress badly and you will die alone." <laughs> I love Good that. Lord. There's, uh, we opened up another one, and it just simply said "fu" with a period. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to get those regular fortune cookies. Do you, and do you like do you like the Chinese Thank you, tea? Helen. Uh, I love Chinese tea. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Yeah, the, when you get it, Chinese tea and fortune cookies, it's yummy. And I put a little bit of sweet and low in it. Never Absolutely. had Chinese tea before. You never had Chinese tea? Well, I mean, no. You're kind of. I mean, no. There's a nuance. There's a nuance to my answer. No. Well, no. Then I started thinking of that yeah. stupid Snapple commercial where they're like, "What is white tea? Oh, it's tiny uh, tea leaf." <laughs> Do you know that commercial? Yes. What I'm talking about. I'm like, "Well, I have white tea." I'm like, "Is that you? no? I don't know." <laughs> so, no. Oh my God. The answer. By is the way, no. Casey, right now is on our HD channel. If you, <laughs> if you want to hear the full, if story. you want to hear the full context. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking out loud. Back to you, Preston. Yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, case yes, tea is is kind of the it's what you're supposed to drink with uh, with Chinese food. Oh, I mean, it's a traditional. Drink. I love it. I, I like love Chinese, Chinese tea. Drink. Yeah, but anyhow, uh, you ever have fortune tea? 
It's hard to read because the thing, the, the stuff runs. It's not long. <laughs> you know what my Chinese restaurant always gives me a, a can of soda with my meal? What? For, yeah. Without a water chestnut. It just comes with the meal. Yeah, yeah. drink your yeah. soda, monkey. Frank's. <laughs> and they, they don't, Frank's cream soda. They, they give you a Frank's cream yeah. soda. You don't even ask for it. Well, I mean, I get to choose which soda I want. Oh, I okay. go with Frank's cream soda. I just thought they just put one, one in there for you. Yeah. Drink this now. Wait a minute. So you order a soda and they give it to you? No. I get to choose. A soda comes with my meal. I get to choose which one. I, oh. I go with Frank's. They I have Shasta and Welch's and I guess like, you know, some of the other stuff. Well, all right. So you'll RC. order you'll order uh, Frank's soda. I don't order it. <laughs> I get my meal and then it's like um it's like when you go to the dentist after they fill and your they bring filling, you soda. And no, and you get the prize in the in the treasure chest. The soda is like the treasure you chest. You get a prize at the dentist? Well, sure. When you're, when, you, when you're dressed as a seven-year-old, you do. <laughs> this uh, that slow kid who had a must head injury or something. He's coming in later on. When you're a kid, yeah. So they'll give you a little prize or something like that. It's hot in here. But Casey, <laughs> a soda comes with your meal. It's like going to McDonald's and getting a uh, you know a meal uh, one of the meal plans. Well, what, right. what do you think? A, the soda captain should come out. We have a wonderful tab in this year. <laughs> um, Here's a cream soda. I recommend. Let me go to. <laughs> what's gonna... what soda is best with lobster? I recommend a Pepsi. I'm going to go to Kenya. <laughs> Hi, Kenya. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Hey, I just wanted to agree with Kathy. Like, Chinese food, I, I can't stand it myself. It doesn't agree with my stomach. I, since a little kid, I was, I, I think I tried shrimp fried rice or chicken fried rice, and it just didn't agree with my stomach, and I can't eat it. <laughs> I love you don't have to. It's chicken lo mein. I could it's, eat. It's a great thing about America. You but don't here, really have to. No, you're not compelled by law. <laughs> they tried to for a while. You remember the the Tory party was all. But we feel left out. The rest of you were. Uh, I, but the thing is, people wrongly believe that Chinese food calorically is good for you. It's no, not. It's, no. not. it's, no. it's crazy. Worst. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that back in. Uh, like the eighties, they were they were oh, putting yeah. that as a as a very Eat Chinese food, healthy food, and it's uh, yeah. calorically it's Here, over the top. Have some fried yeah. rice, some fried pork, and some fried soda. Right. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your giraffe head. Enjoy your fr- <laughs> fried soda. Uh, back to the fortune cookies. Let me go to Jim here. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, my wife and I we eat a lot of Chinese food, and we were uh, last week we had some friends over, and yeah, you know, we get to the end of the meal, we're opening our fortune cookies. And, uh, you know, it's some of those philosophical ones. And then my wife opens hers, and it just says, don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> yeah. I like don't that. Panic. There's a robot in the room. There's <laughs> a robot in the room. Uh, yeah. So, of I, course, we're like, don't panic about what? What you just ate? What's going to happen? It was just, don't panic. <laughs> if they had a sense of humor, they would have laced your food with arsenic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just to drive it home. Mm. And now I want fortune cookies. I want fortune cookies. Chose. Send someone down to Chose and get fortune cookies. They don't change. have them, but we can go They've to pay. Got we... to. They've got to have them. You think? I, I bet you they have them. I what, fortune cookies downstairs? Yeah. No, Just a bag so. of them. How often do you eat Chinese food? Um, and I don't know why the hell we're talking about Chinese food. Well, we, yeah. we started with the yeah. um, uh, Lin Sanity ice cream right. that had fortune cookies in it. Uh, every other week. Yeah. Every other? Wow. Yeah, that's often. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's it's a go-to. But the kids uh, do you like feel it like too? cooking dinner? No. All right, let's get Chinese food. Kids like it? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so that's no, actually, my son Carter does. He loves uh, the dumplings, which I've always called pot stickers. Well, he's got an adventurous sa- uh, sense of taste, too. He does. It? Yeah. And uh, the other kids, they, they do like fried rice and stuff like that. So he puts I, butterscotch on his giraffe's head. <laughs> I actually, I get like um, a craving, big time craving. I, I don't eat it as much as you press, but 
when it comes around to him, I'm like, man, I, I, I got I got to have it now. I got to have it. I got to have it. Hang on, wait a minute. With this, water chips. I need to see if this is uh, a personal opinion or if this is ranked. Let me go to Bruce. Hey, Bruce, how you doing? Good morning, everyone. You guys rock. Thank you, Bruce. Oh, What's going on, man? Um, I just wanted to point out that we in the Delaware Valley are fortunate enough to have, as per a meeting of the Chinese Restaurant Association's votes, the number one Chinese restaurant in the United States. Which is? Yang Ming. Yeah, I've been there. It's on Haverford Road. And number that's one, like number one Chinese restaurant yeah. in the country? Wow. Absolutely. Yang Ming is part of a, uh, it's like a small chain. There's Simpson and uh, Chestnut Hill and He's not uh, lying. a few others. But at a recent uh, convention of Chinese food restaurant tours, Yang Ming was voted number one in the United States. Out of wow. wow. Was this done in, 45, I never heard of this. Yeah. Was this done in secret? Uh, no, it was all over the news. And now we pick number Thanks, one restaurant in United States. No, here's uh, Nick just pulled this up. It says number one Chinese restaurant in America, voted best in the nation at the 2011 Top 100 Awards in San Francisco. Fantastic! I've Son I've passed that place, but have never gone in there. Huh? You it's the one it. with the big giraffe on the uh, yes, right. <laughs> no, it's like a whole the chocolate covered giraffe. <laughs> Terrible parking. Go light on the Bosco. I had no idea. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to, we got a number of calls coming up. I have uh, Gene. Hey, Gene, good morning. Hi, Casey. Um, did you pronounce it General Tso's chicken? Listen, I don't freaking care. General Sal, General So, General whatever, well, based, bud. Based on, based on your pronunciation, A-O is O, you would have to pronounce Chairman Mao, Chairman Mo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me now. Uh, but you know what? No, you got him on a bad day. I have been curious of because people pronounce it different ways. I've heard We've General Tao, General yeah. Sao, General So, General Hospital. And I pronounce <laughs> it like three different ways. It just so happens that this morning, Gene, I, I pronounce it General So. I personally, I, I on purpose kind of mumble it because I don't know exactly the right. So I, can I get General's high and chicken? And they, they'll know what you're talking about. Can you, can you drop down a rank? And, and, and Gene, what, what is the proper way? Well, it's like Larry Cho and Curly. Larry Cho. Yeah. No, it's it's Tao. So it's is it, Tao. wait, Sao? Tao? Sao. Sao. T-S. Sao. 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 But you know, you. I think you'll sound pompous if you go into a, I'll have some general Tao chicken wing. Thanks, Gene. But you know what? And I know comedians have pointed this out before, and it's the God's honest truth, because the place that I call to get my Chinese food, it does not matter. How much I'm ordering, or what time of day? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. And it, and it's and the guy says it like that every time. Ten okay, minutes. Okay, ten minutes. I'm like, wow, that that's pretty. You gotta love that. But you know why? Because and we, I love watching Chinese uh, chefs because the the pots come out, the stuff's getting flung all over the place, mm-hmm. and then it's in a little container. Do you like? Go, do you guys like going to Hibachi uh, yeah, J- Japanese? Been a I long love time. that. I haven't. It, it's where is fun. one around here? There's one at the Plymouth Meeting Mall. Mall. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. one right down the street here. Too. Let's go. There's I got. One. You know what though? My one complaint with those is that the, their tables are always so goddamn hot. I know. You got to be yeah. careful, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I put my cell phone down on it and melted. <laughs> You'd think they could do something about yeah. that. What are you wits with this table? Do you know what? Some of those places... Hot are, enough to cook on! We were at one of them, and I forgot. There's there's Benihana, there's uh, Osaka, Hibachi. Hibachi. We yeah. were at a Hibachi one time, and uh, 
The guy, you know, they used to. They would flip a shrimp up in the air for you and you catch it in your mouth. The guy said they were sued one time, so they stopped doing it. Because oh, it was too hot? No, because somebody threw their neck out. What? Yep. Uh, oh, try, trying to catch oh, a, a, a shrimp when they flick it over. I, like, I would have slit that dude's throat. You complain because you... <laughs> Because you cock your head back too fast yeah. to get the shrimp. Yeah. I hate people. You knew it was coming. Did they make a uh, onion volcano for you? Oh, yeah. They love the cool. onion volcano. Cool. Yeah. And they do the uh, Chinese egg roll or, or Japanese egg roll, and they roll the egg down onto yeah. the... I know all the jokes at this point. I went to, I went to one with my uh, grandmother one time, and she asked... There were some uh, Chinese characters on the back of a plate, and she asked the chef, what does that mean in Chinese? And he looked at it, and he said, made in Cleveland. And it <laughs> floored the table. Uh, Kathy, you know what? We should go over to Pei We or Pei Wei, however you want to pronounce that General so. safe way. So. Um, that is a nice safe way to introduce you to Chinese. That's food. the same chain as uh, PF Chang's. PF Chang's. Yeah, yeah, it's the the express version of PF Chang's. I, I, there are a few limited dishes that I think you could get on board with, Kathy. I've, I've had it before. The, the chicken, I just don't the, feel comfortable eating it. What's the uh, the, the crusted chicken? The um, General Sao. 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 I know what you're talking. You know, the, the that's sweet good. And sour. The the Japanese. There's a Japanese version. I don't know what it's. It's chicken cutlet, is what I call it. <laughs> Japanese chicken cutlet, but it's really good. <laughs> and, you know, and they love when you really take the time to learn the. Uh, oh yeah. Can I have one of them Japanese chicken cutlets? Yeah, I'll get it for you. <laughs> so, Kath, it's not that you don't think it doesn't taste well. You just don't trust it. Uh, I don't really like the taste of it either. There's like one, like they said, I've I've tried like one or two chicken dishes, which are okay. I I just would never, there are so many other places that I'd rather eat than Chinese food. Okay. Well, anyhow, you don't have to worry about the, uh, that uh, ice cream anymore because they've taken the fortune cookies out of it. They'll insanity. Ben and Jerry's. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.